The witch's cackle burns the eye that sees the danger you are in. Sometimes we're wrong, but we want to prove that we are right, so we begin. Watch out, there's a sword and it's coming for your neck. In this battle for salvation, in this battle for salvation. Hello and welcome to the Battle for Salvation Warhammer Underworlds podcast. My name is Max Bernstein. I'm Randall Slate. And we're glad to hear you all back. Here's the wrong word. You're hearing us. Glad to have you all back. Um, before we get started, uh, we just want to say, hey, thanks for listening to this podcast. Um, we've gotten, uh, you know, pretty, pretty crazy reaction uh, to, to getting the stuff up on, on Podbean. Uh, we've had over 100 downloads of the uh, just downloads, not just views, but downloads of the uh the last episode on the banner restricted list um we've also seen uh the the goblin um uh, faction review uh we've got a few more downloads on that one too so thank you so much for listening um also uh we just saw today that there's a, a new uh podcast out there that you should also check out called what the hex i'm about halfway through it they uh talk a lot about strategy on that one um and it's a it's a good 30 minutes which is uh, kind of what we're shooting for, but never get to, because apparently we like to talk, Randall and I, especially me. Um, and uh, and since we're shouting out other podcasts, uh, we also want to shout out to Claim the City, of course, the 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 Godfathers of uh, Warhammer Underworlds podcasting. Um, I listen to that one every week as well. I try to listen to them after we do our episode. <laughs> It's kind of tough to do sometimes, um, but uh, but just a shout out to you guys for for getting the the community going. Um, I hope we're doing the same uh, right there with you. Um, okay, so uh, so thank you so much, everybody, and also uh, please uh, when when you're out there, listeners, and you're um, and you're downloading, make sure that you you write us uh, comments, ta- tell us uh, what you want to hear, uh, what what topics you want us to cover. Um, if there's any, um, you know, issues that you're hearing on your end, like, you know, levels or whatever, you know, please, please say so, because, uh, sometimes it's hard to, uh, to, to see that stuff when we're, when we're in the middle of it. Um, so, uh, and any, uh, any, any tips or anything that you guys have for, for what you want to hear, uh, please say that in the comments. And also we all have a new, uh, Facebook page, um, which is just, just look up uh, battle for salvation podcasts, underworld podcast, I think is what it says. Um, I think there's a colon in it. Um, so check that out. Um, of course, click follow um, and uh, and say hi. Uh, we've seen a few people doing that already. Uh, and thanks for liking that page as well. Um, so, Randall. What's up? Oh, you're still there? Yep. Okay. It's not just me? Maybe not. All right. So uh, let's talk about the tournament we went to. We talked about last week when, when Eric was on the program, we made it down there. We put a couple uh, pictures and videos up on the, uh, up the Facebook on the, page. Uh, you Facebook should check page. out the Facebook page because we put a lot of additional content on there. Yes. I saw you put your deck list up, yep. um, including the changes. We're going to talk um, in this episode about uh, the Zinch uh, expansion um, because the last time we did that one, it got lost on Twitch. And so now that we actually have a service that like, you know, keeps our stuff available, 
uh, we decided to go over it again because uh, we wanted to make sure that it was there for people to watch. Um, so, or to listen to rather. Um, but let's talk about that tournament um, that, that we did. Uh, it was, uh, we had six people there, um, including, uh, you know, several people, uh, you know, me and, and Dan and, and Eric uh, all have, uh, you know, uh, we all have shade glass from uh, stuff. And then of course you have the biggest shade glass trophy of all for your, for your painting down at Nova. Yeah. We're going to talk about the, uh, the re most recent tournament that we've been to with the banned and restricted list active, mm -hmm. which was a very different experience, very different feel to it. Um, I felt as though, um, you know, bad dice or good dice have a larger impact on the game now. Right. Um, that, that, that was my feel with it. Um, and I'll talk about that because in, on the final table where I was with, uh, with Dan on the final table, uh, you know, just having hot dice was, was basically what made, you know, caused the one person to win over the other. Uh, but let's, uh, let's get started with you. Who'd you play in the first round? Well, I played Dan in the first round and he was playing a, well, I was playing Zinch by the way, just so everybody, everybody knows that. Yeah. We'll talk and about that. He was using his main uh, aggressive Forest Riders. And that is a deck that I don't really have any experience playing against. And it, I just was not prepared for it. <laughs> he uh, basically just ran at me and then used, you know, would try to hit me with one of his attacks. And then if it hit, he would, you know, push me with some, well, he would play cards out of his hand. So I'll just say the first thing he did on the first round was he activated Forest Rider, just ran into my territory, shot me with, I think he shot uh, Turash with something, and then so that pushed him back, so he played um, Pit Trap or something, and then he played, uh, what do you call it, Shard Gale, where <laughs> it just does everything, every, one damage to everybody. Now, he didn't play Trap. He, he, he just shot him and hit him once, and then he played Shard Gale, so it killed him. And then my one of my other, I think Narvia was on an edge hex, and he played the uh, encroaching shadow. Oh man! To kill that, so right there, I just lost two guys on the first turn yeah. of the game, first and, activation. And, yeah, Dan's pretty good. He 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 knows how to how to you know move his guys around and and uh, and and get those ploys out at the right time. Um, really good with the combos. And he um, and he also got advancing strike off of that. Wow, I mean that's so, just. It was, and then he put an upgrade on Forest Rider, who just came into my territory. I think he put something on him, right? And it was just, uh, yeah. And then so I got, I got totally blown out in the first game. I did kill two of his guys, but it just didn't matter. He, he, uh, he had too much at that point. Yeah. Then in the second game, I kind of adjusted to it a little bit. I put, I just didn't want him to get free glory from killing my weaker guys. Mm -hmm. And he did still kill one in the in the first like one or two turns or whatever. But I tried to deploy um, Bordemus and Kachara more to closer to the line, so that he would have to go for them. And either way, he would have to he would have to hit me and use a card or use two cards even to kill one. And I thought that that was better than him just you know immediately killing one of them and than just getting glory and uh, upgrades off of that. So and that was a little better. I did kill yeah. all three of them, but I still lost by uh, a small amount. 
Mm-hmm. And then yeah. in the second round, oh no, you want to talk about your well, round? No, I'll okay. talk about mine. Okay. Now. All right. So in my first round, I was playing uh, this guy. His name is Jeff, right? Yes. Yeah. So Jeff and he was playing. He was playing orcs, and he was also he's he was kind of new to the game, but he wasn't new to gaming. So he was actually a pretty good player, even though he didn't have a lot of. Yeah, I played against him in Age of Sigmar. Like, yeah, there you go. Um, and and so uh, he was playing orcs, but he was playing a deck that Eric actually put together for him. The guy who was on the show last uh, last episode. Um, so so I was playing that, and um, and typically I do pretty well. The Magors do pretty well against the orcs because they have very similar um, stat lines, but. Um, my guys tend to the, the Magors, I think just as a stat line based stat line for aggressive deck, I think is better because they're more balanced. Each one of them is kind of a threat. Whereas with orcs, you have two big threats and two kind of dangle bros. I think Hakka and Basha are kind of like underpowered. They don't hit very accurately and they don't hit very hard, especially to start, um, and since I'm using, so for the Magor's deck, I, I uh, started using all the force multipliers, which are trap, pit trap, twist the knife. Um, I was using uh, ready for action and uh, escalation was my, uh, th- that was my restricted uh, cards. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just like, I could still one shot things. So um, if you have, e- even if it's like four, so if you have, um, you know, if you put Basher hack in front of me, or bone cutter, which I, I definitely one shot bone cut. I think in the first round, first activation. Um, so I, I feel that the Magors have the advantage there. And then what you do is, if you're playing the way that I've played against uh, orcs and, and had success with them, is that I basically ignore Gerzag. I basically just I, I wait for him to to charge somewhere and then go and kill the other guys um when he, when he gets stranded in some some location um and that's worked for me pretty well um i ended up losing the first game uh on a technicality because i didn't actually know the rules which was that if you're even on glory whoever's standing on more objectives wins the game Dude, we knew that the whole time i did not know Both that of us really. knew that the whole time ignore, like ignore what he I said i feel like i didn't know that Okay. Maybe it's just like maybe it's just like 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 willful 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 ignorance because I think that that's kind of a stupid rule although it's in the rule book, but it should be like I totally knew it. I, you know I know I, I feel like I should have known that but I didn't know that so 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 when the game ended it was a t- the first round when the game ended it was a tie but he was standing one of his guys happened to be standing on an objective and neither of us knew that that's what made it so I had like a zero it was like a plus zero, but I had a loss. Um, but then I came back to win the next two games, so it was fine. Okay, and then the second round, me and you played. Yes. So I'm coming again. off of a I'm coming again. off of a blowout loss, right? Like we haven't done that and, a million times. And then you come in exactly with your matchup. two wins in three games, and then me and you have to play each other. Now, because it was a six man tournament, somebody had to play somebody who lost had to play somebody, somebody who won. won, right? Yeah. But, we, uh, and we yeah, were in the middle because, kind of yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry, man. Um, can, can I just tell you one major move that I thought that I made that was like kind of the smartest thing I did in our games? In in you and you and I, oh, okay. because you won you won the board rolls both times. Okay, and you put in hallway, right? And um, and so what I did was when when I have a hallway set up, I will um. I will not rush in everybody. I will have either Zarkis or Gartok sit in the back 
and play safety in case you teleport or some other character teleports into the back so that I can deal with that somehow. I've done it with, um, I did it with Zarkus, I think, in the first game, and then I did it with um, with Gartok in the second game. And in the second game, you did, you, you, you got the Blue Horror in the back. And so I was looking at that Blue Horror, but I had, I had Conquest in my hand. Um, and I'm like, I could go after the Blue Horror, but it would take a while to kill him. Or I can try to just run him to the other side of the board. And since he was, I don't think he was inspired either. And I didn't have any mechanic to do that. So I ended up running to the other side of the board instead of even bothering with your blue horror. And in order to do that and stay far enough away that he couldn't shoot me. And also so that I could actually make it to the other side of the board by the end of the game. I, I remember I had to run through like a lethal hex to do it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm running through that lethal hex. It's not going to kill me. And then I can get to the other side and land uh conquest and i did and i think that's what wow, so good. the game you shouldn't have even left that guy back there in the first place yeah you shouldn't have, have done fine. it Sweet, well i mean well, had, had i not drawn that card um then i wouldn't have had to have done it i probably would have gone after the blue horror but just like in the moment i just kind of did the math and said you know what it's, I, I have a better chance of scoring stuff if i ignore you and run away and sometimes even in an aggressive deck that is the play I had a pretty sweet play with uh, the one that swaps two guys. Uh, yeah. What what is that the one called again? It's gonna come up when we when we go over the cards. Something but... of fate. Yeah. Some it. Yeah. And you know, I remember like, I on, had a I had to get on an objective um, and get away from one of your guys, and I was able to fate. swap. I was able to swap places and then make it to the objective and also get away from Magor or something like that. Yeah, that's just an amazing card. So many good uh, uses. Yeah, for the, the the inch are a tricky warband to play, I think. But I think that the the ceiling's pretty high too. Mm -hmm. Um, if you're really if you're really good with it and you have the right cards in there, um, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. All right. Uh, so uh, yeah, round three. So what happened? Who'd you play in round three? Uh, I had to play against Joe, who is a <laughs> Reavers player, and then started playing Nighthaunt, who are uh i think a great warband mm -hmm. and it was just interesting to see how they worked he used he did this one neat move where he used i i he knew i was trying to get um supremacy or something like that so he earthquaked and then used varklov's ability to just push all his guys back onto his objectives that he was trying to get which was that's pretty good pretty awesome and yeah, it was just a, it was just a great did, game. I did he have like the last activation in the round or something? And he played it on your power step. Your well, both power. of my guys had already moved. Oh, okay. So they were stuck yeah. where they were. So we okay. did end up having a draw where both of us were on the same amount of objectives at the end. Oh wow! And then I won the next game by a lot, and then he won the next game by only one or two. So I ended up ended up winning on, on ended up on getting the a win on that one. Yeah, on the tiebreaker. All right, not bad. But um, yeah, the Night Haunt are super good. Even though he yeah. did end up getting last, but I still think that <laughs> I've been, I think I've if been he had a little around. bit more practice with that Warband and if he you know, I think knew the matchups for a lot of things better, he would have done much better cuz that was a strong deck and he was he seemed to be able to execute his plan very capably. 
Nice. I mean, I've been playing around with uh, with the Night Haunt. I was I was net decking. I, by the way, listeners out there, don't be ashamed. Always net deck. Always net deck. And what then you make your about? own changes. What do you want? What do you want to like spend? Do you know how long how how hard it is to to make a deck from nothing from scratch? Like, who's got time for that? I don't got time for that. I got to put the kids to bed. I got to do my grading. I don't got time for that. I just go on, you know, Underworld's DB, which is better list than list builder than that other crap that they have on the on the on the on the Warhammer site. Screw that thing. Warhammer Underworld Underworld's DB. There, there you go. Plug it. No money's exchanged. Right. Then anyway, point being is that like just go on that. They have like tournament ready decks. The you know things that have been used, and I used the one that that was at the um the one up in Rochester that won, and I've been playing around with that one. And I gotta tell you something. First of all, first of all, I made that. I put the deck together before I didn't make it. I I, I net decked it um before the Woo Bar, and yeah, uh, sorry, the Woo Bar is the is what we're calling the the Warhammer Underworld banner restricted. Okay, so the Woo Bar. Um, before that, um, I had put that thing together, and then after it came out, I realized I didn't have to change anything because it only has three of those cards in it. Um, so that's one reason why it's a good, uh, a good list. And if you go on it, you, if you go on the website, you can see it. Um, but it plays really well. It's incredibly tricky. There's, um, a lot of great like teleportation and movement and, you know, um, it, the, the, night haunts are a very strong war band. If you, if you play them, um, on objectives with all that movement, um, it, it's pretty great. Um, yeah. so I suggest. I suggest and you listen to go check that one out. Even if you do end up finding a deck online and using it, I find that I always end up changing some cards changing out. Things. Yeah, exactly. you know, something might you suit your own play style it. better. Yeah, it might. You might switch something out to suit your own play style or something to suit the the meta that you're playing in. Exactly. You know, if there's somebody who has a, a deck that's slanted in a certain direction and you need uh some tech against it you're always going to change it anyway you're going to come to your own conclusions right um so okay okay i want to talk about anyway, yeah round siege. three so uh so final table um oh. it was uh it was me and dan no yeah i gotta sorry i gotta do the oh, last yeah. one. oh this is important yes this is it's really important and, and this is like five seconds so um in the so he plays a very aggressive far striders deck and then i play a very aggressive magors deck because how other what other way would you play magors um and i've played dan now three times and out of the three times we've played each other we've played a total of seven games um you know like two you know right yep got I've, it. I've won six of them um, and I, I really think it is. And cause Dan's a great player. I think he just has a really tough time playing his three guys aggressively against my four guys playing aggressively. He has 12 total hit points. I have 16 total hit points. Um, my guys, uh, hit on hammers. My guys have cleave all the time. I have one guy with cleave all the time. Um, you know, uh, I, I have the force multipliers. So does he, but, um, but it's just, I think that it's a bad matchup for him. And so what ended up happening was we ended up all three games playing right up next to each other, right on the line at the start of the game. And it basically came down to who's going to roll the best dice. Um, and very simply in the first game, I rolled the best dice in the second game. He rolled the best dice and in the fourth, in the third game, I rolled the 
best <laughs> the best <dice>. ever <laughs> oh my god all three of his dudes were dead by the end of the first round he's just like all right we're done <laughs> i'm yeah. like okay that's fair um but it really just came down to dice yeah um and 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 there you go i and think in I, a lot of other war bands you know, other than magors he can execute his plan a lot oh really well and get and a, he can get a snowballing success. advantage yeah. quicker than against magors and then if he has one or two bad dice rolls when he runs up and tries to melee you to kill you uh that could swing the whole game right there because yep. then he's out in the open and you're, you're you know you can slice him up with old magor yeah and and we were all joking about how like my dicer like roll crits all the time because they they seem to and then you gave me like another set of dice and then i rolled those and yeah those i gave you up. my dice and then you rolled crits <laughs> anyway yeah yeah Oh, well. it. anyway i tried sorry man sorry i know you tried you tried to get me but uh, you just can't keep those megors down they just they just want to want to stabby stab in the face they love it um all right so that was the recap um let's go on and let's talk about the zinch all right so so randall you've been playing them for for a while now you've been playing them basically since they came out um you've taken them to um you've taken them to a few uh a few tournaments you've uh you've had the the woo bar come in and uh and and make you have to go adjust things um so just tell me how, how does it feel to play these uh these zinch now well you talk about the the band and restricted list i feel like when i first started playing them i wanted to use a lot of the new cards and a lot of cards that they had uh you know they're in faction cards but i sort of felt compelled to play a lot of the cards on the restricted list just because I found that I would be at kind of a kind of a disadvantage in a lot of games mm -hmm. without them. So I was excited to try these with the with the list. And I think it doesn't really affect them that much. It would be nice to have some of the like the keys or something like that or yeah, maybe some of the objectives like escalation or something like that. Well, you know, like Narvia and Turach, they, they're they're not really good for fighting. They're good for like kind of running around. Yeah, yeah. So maybe maybe keys might be a good idea with them. Yep. Just you know, have them hanging in the back and stand on things. Yeah, but uh, so I ended up narrowing it down to to five, which we'll talk about. And I don't know. In order to play them, I feel like they're very similar to. They're kind of like a mix between reavers and skeletons and forest rider kind of sure because well they have a lot of like, they're fast and cagey and they have, they have the melee yeah, they're, sorry the other uh, they range do attack, die rather. and they have a lot of ranged attacks and you know you can't really play them like super aggressively and you can't really play them super defensively either so i like to make a sort of a mix of objectives and killing people and in my deck and right. i feel like they're a good faction for that one of the things that i was excited for was to try to use the new magic system and i found it to be kind of you know the attacking uh, the range attack is kind of nice but a lot of the spells i'm not a big fan of so i really only run two spells. i used to run three but i just cut one i only run two spells in the deck now and i only have one objective and one upgrade that have anything to do with with spells yeah and i find that playing them a lot 
the more you focus on having the blue horror do things, the better, the more you, uh, of an impact you can have with the blue horror in a game, the better you will do in a game. Because he's kind of the X factor of the whole warband. I feel like when people, when you line up, you know, you put, you deploy your, your forces, I feel like your opponent kind of looks at them and says, okay, I got to be careful of Vortimus. He's going to shoot me from long range. I got to be careful of Kachara because he's going to, you know, he's, sword, he's got yeah. a big sword and, you know, maybe he'll hit me once and then I'll try to blow everything and kill him. And then Narvi and Turash, they, they, the Wonder Twins. Yeah, yeah, I don't really have to worry about them. I, I do want to try to kill them to get glory and score my objectives. Right. Yeah. And then, you summon that blue har, and your opponent's plan just kind of like, oh, kind of crumbles. They're like, oh, what? They're like, right. what is this guy? What does he do? Why did he put him there? Why now? Why is he what all is the he way doing? in the back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why'd you put him right know, in front of my? That's when you start thinking, like, oh my god, what, what, what objectives does he have in his hand? Board. Yeah, yeah. Like, what is he? What is he trying to do with this thing? And then that throws off your whole plan. So right, and there and are a I lot like... of upgrades that really affect him and make him extremely good and that's that stretch play um i fell into that and you know like i i went and i said okay i guess i gotta turn around and go kill this blue horror and like usually it, it seems like when i'm when i'm playing against you that like usually like that's not the case like don't go after that blue horror because he's just a pain in the butt um but then you're gonna sit in the back and you're gonna score stuff extreme flank you're gonna it's gonna help you to score supremacy because you can get the one in the back um you, yeah, know, you really have to guessing. leverage him and what yeah. he can do you have to either force you have to try to put your opponent in a situation where he has to attack your blue horror or you will score a lot of objectives and then you also have to make it a poor choice for him to do that you have to make sure two of his guys have to either come attack you or he has to like move close to you and rather than charging you so he can hit you twice and it, you have to you have to make a, a difficult decision for your opponent. Right. And the other decision is, is is that if you go after him at all, you you have an objective that if you summon him back, you, you get a glory. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's an like, immediate, it's it an immediate score when you summon him right. after the first time. There you go. Um, yeah, there's a lot of great stuff in here you can do with that blue horror. Like extreme flank, you can get uh, bind the city, right? Bind, or, bind? or supremacy. Yeah, any hold oh, objective right. card he's yeah. good at. Because he doesn't get, you know, a token or whatever when he gets summoned. And the other so thing about him is him that right when away. you put upgrades on him, even if he dies, he comes back when you summon him the second time, he still has the upgrades. Right. And something a lot of people don't think about is the fact that when he, when the, when the blue horror changes into the brimstone horror, the brimstone horror actually has a second attack that he can do. Yeah, he, double but, Well, it's not even a second attack. It's a, it's a reaction to him attacking. It says... Reaction after the first time this fighter makes the attack action in a phase, make another attack action with this fighter. So he can he can shoot a two dice one damage attack, uh, you know, as a reaction to him attacking. And there's a lot of upgrades where that becomes really important. All right, sounds good. Um, you can see my deck list on our Facebook. Yep, it's right up there. Um... We let's see what are the restricted ones that you took. You took extreme flank, precise use of force, trap, pit um, trap, trap pit trap, and ready for action. Ready for action. All right, and trap and pit trap's good because Vortimus does a lot of shooting from a distance. With his, well, a uh, lot of them do. Yeah, a lot of yeah, them a lot have of them shooting. 
So, right. so I don't so feel, I don't feel is that twist good. is good. Yeah. yeah. And then even if you hit with Kacharik, you can still do a trap pit trap and do four damage with him. So you gotta have those the, are important. I, just, I think you have to have the Fainway crystal in every deck now. I think that's an auto include. It's gonna end up on the restricted list eventually. Yeah, I have that. Using it. So good. And just about the other restricted cards I used, I used um precise use of force. Because they just, I think I talked about this in the last episode. They just have a wide range of damage that they can do. Three, two, yeah, one. Three, two, and, and one. And yeah. you can sort of easily get that. And then yeah. ready for action. I just love that. I always put that in. And what was the last one? Um, Extreme Flank. Oh, yeah. Extreme Flank yeah, is just great. Throw yeah. the Blue Horror in the back, yeah. and now you have Extreme Flank. It's so easy to get it with so them. And even if that's and even if that's like you know difficult, you you also have Turash and, and, and Narvia who I wouldn't recommend like attacking with them, but like they're very fast. Well, they're usually it's usually one of them and the blue har. Right, exactly. That so are... they're very fast, so they can move to the back really easily, and then you summon the blue har all the way on the other side of the board. Yep. And, uh, and then there you go, you got it. All right. So you want to talk about the infaction cards? Yeah, let's talk about those infaction cards. Um, let's go for it. All right, are we gonna talk about the character cards real quick, or do we? What do you think? You want to talk about that? Just oh, okay. All right. Just, uh, just start. Start right, with I'll, the. I'll do twins. it. I'll, I'll start it. So yeah, Bornemis, he is the leader. Okay, start with Bornemis. He's sure. a level two wizard. He has a range two attack. Sort of like uh, the warden, like or yeah, sort of yeah. like the warden or Scritch, Scritch or and, uh, or uh, Stormsire. Yep. So it is two dice on hammers, does two damage. Then he yeah. has a spell attack that does. It's called Bolt of Change. It's a range three. It hits on focuses, so it's a swirlies, and does one damage. Right. Remember on the on those dice, uh, focuses uh, foci, foci, right? Foci. Uh, yeah, foci. There are two faces of your magic die that have focus on it, and uh, of course, you also get the uh, crit. the crit. So it's a it's a coin flip that you get. Plus. One, yeah, for each one. So it's kind of the same as rolling hammers on a regular die. Yep, except for the fact that if you roll two crits, then you hurt yourself. That'll be right, exactly. Then he moves four. He has one defense dice on dodges and four health. He inspires by. Do it, doing a successful range three attack. And he has an action where if there are no friendly blue har or brimstone hars on the battlefield, place a friendly blue har on any starting hex. Yeah. Do, do you find yourself inspiring him that often? Uh, it depends on the objectives in my hand. Because sometimes I might not even like I, I will not use him really unless I really need to kill something. Or if I have to kill something with a spell of his. And I usually won't really attack until I have some upgrades on him. Because doing one day, you know, you risk hurting yourself by attacking with his ranged attack. And it only does one damage until he's inspired, so. Oh, right. But Most when of the he does time, it depends on what I have in my, in, my, in my hand for my objectives. If I have to move around a lot, I'll usually use him to summon the blue har. And then move everybody, and if I have to kill people, or if I absolutely have to kill someone because they're wrecking my whole plan, then I have to, then I will attack with him, and he will get inspired. All right. 
Okay, cool. What about but he's Jack? not like Gerzag, where it's just like my whole strategy is revolving around him going in there and killing people. You know, it's like, right because he's just kind of a piece guys. of the plan. And, yeah. and you're using the brimstone heart. Uh, that you're using the blue horror a lot. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so what about Kachar? Well, he just saying when he becomes inspired, the two things that change about him are he does two damage with his range attack, which is excellent. Oh, and oh we're still on Vortimus. Yeah, yeah, and. He gets two he dice finished, uh, for, on dodges for which is which is great when he gets inspired and then with a lot of the other cards I run to give him extra health and um, you know acrobatic and stuff like that. Yeah, he becomes really hard to kill when he's inspired. I remember there was one of our games where I could have been attacking Vortimus and I just looked at him and it was like, well, I'm not dealing enough damage to kill this dude. Yeah, so I usually I just... get him up to six health, you know, yeah. with an extra. You know, with some kind of upgrade that boosts his uh, his defense, because I don't want him yeah. dying. All right, then we'll talk really about what? Yeah, good. No, it's okay. Good, good. Kachark. Okay, Kachark. He is your main melee beater because he does three damage. He's like he's kind of very similar to Just Blooded to Sake. Yeah, he does three yeah. damage. Uh, hits on hammers, so he's he's pretty adept at the old fisty cuffs. He. Does he moves uh, four or sword sword fight and swashbuckling whatever you want to call it? He fight. moves four. He defends on shields one dice, and he has three health. And when he's inspired, he gets to re-roll one or more of the attack dice when making his action, which is amazing. One or more. One or more. Yeah. So you, I remember even you, if you get more dice, right? Because you, you were using it. one of the potions, which yeah, was the potion, potion of rage. Yeah, potion of rage. So you get four you dice. Like, yeah. And so you're just you're definitely landing stuff. Yeah. The tricky thing about him is to, to for him to become inspired. Somebody it says a spell is successfully cast by an adjacent fighter, so it's now, a little awkward to get him inspired sometimes. Right. So he basically has to be standing next to Vortimus when Vortimus does a spell. Yeah, which could be an attack or uh, a, a spell gambit. Right. And so what I noticed that you were doing earlier on, especially, is that you would um, you would pick a board that had two adjacent hexes kind of in the middle of the board. Um, and there's a couple of options in, in the uh, the board repertoire mm -hmm. for that. And you would find um, find one where they had the hexes right next to each other. And you would basically just, you know, you'd, you'd either, you know, shoot your uh, the, the Vortimus's uh, rain shot or uh, play a card um, and just try to get them right away. But you took a lot of those extra gambits out, right? So you only have two now? Well, I was using three. Right. I was using three or four before, but now I'm only yeah. using two. Only two. So it's, it's going to really come down to the, uh, to the range attack most of the time, yeah. I think. And against, you know, aggressive war bands, usually they come at me right away, and I can either, yes. cast, uh, I right. can either cast Abyssoth's Withering or um, Attack. Right, him right away, and and if I remember correctly, Charik has um has this exact same stat line when he's uh, yeah inspired. nothing about him changes yeah the, right. nothing at all that changes about him except the fact that he can reroll the dice, all of them yeah and the, the thing about points. him is you really need to get you need to have him get at least one successful attack in throughout the game. Your opponent is going to try to kill him, and they probably are going to succeed because he only has one dice and three health. Yeah. So you have to get, you have to be very careful with him. You can't run him in. You can't teleport him in the back. And you know, if your whole strategy depends on him, you know, teleporting and doing this one move, it's gonna, it's gonna be bad. Yeah. You have to protect I, I, him I, and make sure he gets at least one successful swing in. 
Yeah, when I was uh, when I was going against him, if 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 he was around, I I would target him. Yeah, because he's the only one who can take your guy out really fast. Yeah, do big damage. Yeah, he does the big damage. All right, so let's uh, let's talk about he those helps, Wonder yeah. Twins. Okay, the Wonder oh, Twins. Wow. Yeah, they have a lot of text on their card, what's and uh, most of it is meaningless. Wait, what's going on with these two? So, <laughs> all right, so we'll talk about Dangle Bros. We'll talk about Turash first, right? So, he has a melee attack. It is two dice on swords that does two damage. Crap. Then he has a ranged attack that is three range, two dice on swords for one damage. Yeah. And then he moves four, which is good. He has That's one good. dice on dodges, which sucks, and two health, uh, which is pretty bad. The worst. And then his inspire mechanic is that he also has to make a successful attack with a does range of three or more. Ever happen? Uh, not really. And then just when he's inspired, he gets an extra dice for his melee attack. He gets three dice on swords that do and two that, damage. And that's, that's the only that's difference, That's the only right? thing. Yep. Meh. So basically what you use him for is to move around. Cannon fodder? No, no, you have him move around and stand on objectives. You have him stand on the edge for extreme flank. Um, yeah, I you, have you, noticed you with him... You put Martyred in your deck, didn't you? What? Yeah, you did. You put Martyred in your deck. Yes. Because that's, like, going to happen. Yep. Yeah. One thing I have noticed about him is if you're playing a lot of, if you're playing a warband, if you're playing against a warband like uh, Goblins or Nighthaunt or Skeletons, his melee attack, it does two damage that you can actually use that kind of effectively. Or okay. Skaven. So it's a Skaven little, little, if you're better, against, little better against yeah, those. The warbands that have a lot more small little guys, he is actually pretty effective. Okay. Okay. Then okay. we have Narvia. 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 So he's a little bit more. He. He. And it's weird because he's more melee, but he defends on dodges. And then you have Narvia, who is more of a ranged, but she defends on shields. So like you know. Because she was yeah, and it and it's um, it's thematic with the with the the models because he has a shield on his back and he's like running. Yeah. And then she has her shield in front of her. Yeah, I don't know. I wish I wish it was the other way around. Yeah. But no. uh so she has a cursed blade attack. It's one range, two dice on swords that does one damage. And then she has the same sorceress bolt that's uh three range, two dice on swords that does one damage. Four movement, she has one defense dice on shields and two damage, two health, I mean. Same uh, inspire mechanic. But her the only when and then when she's inspired, she gets her sorceress bolt attack is still range three with three dice on swords instead of swords. two, oh, and so it has she cleave. Far Strider. And it has so cleave. she came to Far Strider with cleave. Yeah. All right, it's not bad. And yeah, I mean, this the the that really doesn't matter having the three. You know, the fact that you have to attack first in order to get that the three dice on with cleave. It's arduous. Yeah, and I a lot of times you... you don't want to be attacking with Narvi or Turash. Maybe you'll charge if you're trying to move into a certain spot and you don't have anything else to do anyway. Right. You'll just incidentally charge. But that's it. And, and do a ranged attack. And usually it, it misses, or they defend. Right. Yeah. Because it's only two dice. Yeah. Um, and and even if it does, it probably doesn't kill a guy anyway. So I use these guys One for damage. scoring objectives. Yes. Okay, and then now we have the best guy. The best guy. The blue horror. The blue horror coming out the side hatch. <laughs> Hi, yep. everybody. Yep. 
the blue horror has a magical flame attack. It's a three range, three dice on swords oh, for one damage. So already better than Narvi and Turash. Yep. He only moves three and... instead of the four, like everybody else in the warband. And not he... terrible. Yep. And he has one defense dice on dodges. Not great, but he has two health. Sure. And there's just a big wall of text on him. It says, when this fighter would be taken out of action, instead replace this fighter's miniature with the Brimstone Horrors miniature, and it is not driven back. It is considered to be the same fighter and keeps any upgrades. Remove all tokens from this fighter, including wound tokens, and flip this card, this fighter card over. This is when he dies. Uh, so he doesn't not... become inspired. He turns into the Brimstone right. Horror. He can never be inspired. Right. It's a, well, it says right here, do not place this fighter during setup. This fighter cannot be given attack action upgrades and cannot be inspired. So he can't. He doesn't have an inspired side of his card, and you can't give him a, an attack action upgrade like Shade Glass Dagger or whatever. That's unfortunate, because he'd be great with that. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> then, uh, <laughs> yeah. and the, the, the important thing here is that when he dies, he is not driven back, and he transforms into a different model right. although mm -hmm. he counts as being the same model so when your opponent kills the, on a, the blue on an objective horror, or something yeah right so you put him on an objective when your opponent kills the blue horror the, the brimstone horror just appears there and then you, you, you can't drive him back so it's just uh it's it's really interesting it's an interesting mechanic and then he you know that that's it's important because your opponent has to burn two activations or two you know maybe play a card that makes him attack again he has to use two actions in order to kill this guy yeah or a ploy or something like that yeah. like encroaching shadow or raptor strike or something yep shard fall yeah oh and and by the way for all of you out there you don't get a glory for killing the blue horror you right. get a glory for killing the brimstone horror and another thing is is that if you kill the blue horror drive them back and play trap that doesn't you can't drive them back anyway so it doesn't even matter yeah okay there you go good job i saw a lot of chatter on the boards about how like if i well what if i play trap after you can't push him back yeah you a, can't push him and b the 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 damage that you you delivered by killing the blue horror doesn't spill over into the next doesn't guy spill yeah. over into the next one so it wouldn't matter in either case right yeah so then when you do kill him he turns into the brimstone horror who has the magical flame to three dice or sorry, three range, two dice with swords and one damage. And then it has that reaction. Time. The first time yeah. you use it in a round, uh, you can make a second attack action. It doesn't oh, say, is it just the first time? It says, after the first time this fighter makes this attack action in a phase, make another attack action with this fighter. So if so, if you don't move him and don't charge with, with uh, the Brimstone Horror, can you do a double tap the second time you attack him? I guess no. not. Yeah, I guess not. Okay. Uh, so you, yeah, you're doing two, yeah, one double tap, two dice on swords for one damage attack, and it doesn't have to target the same guy or anything. Can be yeah, so he could potentially, true. you know, he won't necessarily kill guys, but he can if Put you do hit, back. you can drive him back. Yeah, yeah, it's good to attack people who only have one dice with him. He's yep. just really annoying. Yeah, and then and then if he dies, Vortimus puts him back. Right. It says if this fighter for doing it. Yeah. It says, and if this fighter is taken out off. of action, flip this fighter card over. It keeps any upgrades. Yep. And then you can bring back the blue horror. He doesn't have a token anymore. He can run around and do his thing again. Oh, yeah. It's very important right. that you you use him properly in, in all your games. 
summon him right away and make sure he does his thing. Yeah. All right, cool. So let, let's go into the faction cards. Mm -hmm. um, so we're going to go over um, all of the faction cards and we're going to go over some of the universals that we think are good, um, including ones that I totally use and including some that are already restricted because they were apparently too good. Um, anyway, so let's get started. Uh, we'll try to run through these pretty quick. Um, so we're going to start with the objectives. The first one is called Agents of Change. You score this in an end phase. If your warband successfully casts four or more spells in the preceding action phase. Have you ever done that? Never in my life. Never. Not even going to try it, right? I, th I think I put this in my... <laughs> I think I... No, I don't think I put this one in. There's another one. Yeah, there's one that's a little in, bit but easier. But this one is but impossible. Right. You have, first, to cast, you have to successfully cast four spells. And it's not like ploys where ploys just like happen. Right. Right. You even, have to roll every time. Because like There's if you're no doing spell ploy master. Yeah. Well, I mean, think about it. Like if you're doing ploy master and then you have to do and, and the play you do is, I don't know, frozen in time or rebound or something like that. And it fails. It still counts as you playing a ploy. Right. Trying to, so even if it fails. Yep. Right. But, but you have to successfully cast a spell. Yeah not even the attempt so it's like four is a lot and it's in the end phase and it's in the end it's not even immediate if it was an immediate yep you'd be a little bit better but it's not all right let's go to the next one okay uh buying the city score this in end phase if you hold three or more objectives basically it's it, basically it's uh what it's is our it? only uh, way our out. only way out yep. the exact same thing only it's not only it's faction specific is our only way out that's uh universal isn't it yes yeah, so you could have them both if you wanted to, and you can have supremacy. Yep. Don't do that okay. though. Don't do that. It's too much, it's right? Too much. But uh, but you could. Yeah, and I'm try. Right. I do play with this in my deck. I don't know. I kind of want to take it out for maybe tactical supremacy instead. One of the tactical supremacies. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Got to hold mm -hmm. three. I'd rather hold two. The problem with the supremacies two, is two, they have yeah. to be specific ones. So yes, I think this card's mm -hmm. all right. I think uh, if you're running a, it depends on what you want to do. If you want to run a more balance deck i think you, you either take this or supremacy and if you want to run a more aggressive deck probably don't even don't even worry about this one yeah all right let's do the next one mm -hmm. uh chosen by destiny score this in an end phase if either narvia or tarash from your warband is on the battlefield and the other one is out of action and i reject this just from the beginning because they're both going to be out of action yeah. <laughs> so well you'll never score it i i think that this is just you could bet you'd be better off playing with martyred than mm -hmm. this. Yeah, well, martyred is also immediate, immediate and yeah. if anyone's gonna die first, it's probably gonna be those two. Yeah, I don't. I don't and, really like this one. I played yeah, with I it I once, and stuff. it wasn't that good. Right. All right. Let's go to the next one. Eyes of the Master. Score this in an end phase if there's at least one friendly fighter in each of the following: your territory, enemy territory, and no one's territory. And I don't think you had this originally, but you have it in there now, right? Yeah, it's it's I okay. Correctly. I, I I feel like that's something that you can kind of manufacture. Yeah, it's, it's only one glory it, though. It's pretty easy to do. And what I like to do is if I I like to put a objective on the midline sometimes, depending mm -hmm. on who I'm playing against. Sometimes I don't want. Uh, so if you put an objective in the midline, it can kind of throw your opponent off where they want to place theirs. And if you're planning on, you know, if you're playing against a defensive warband. You, putting the objective on the midline is good because it will you know mess up with their their placement and then you can maybe teleport to it later 
Right, and, and also it's good for this one because you can stand on the aggress you can stand on the objective that's on the midline and score this one, the eyes of the master. Right. I don't know. It's it's all right. You, the the problem with it is that you have to have three surviving fighters, which towards the end of the game yes. might get a little sketchy. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you can. I mean, if Vortimus is kind of sitting in your own territory, you're throwing the blue horror in the in your opponent's territory, and then you have those three other guys. They can stand wherever you can put them. Uh, um, most games that I play in the third round, it's usually just just Vortimus and the blue horror. Yeah, yeah all right. that's fair. That's fair. So, but I, it's but it's but it's any it's any end phase, right? Yeah, Horizon Master. So you can do it right away. Right. I'm just saying, if fun. you right, it, it's easiest to get it in the first round. It's a little risky in the second round and the third round. Usually it's, it's kind of crap. Right. Depending okay. on if you're Fair already enough. winning or not, but I think it's a good one. You could. Fair warning. Um, all right. So harness knowledge. Uh, this is one score. This in an end phase. If the same friendly fighter has held the same objective at the same, at the end of two consecutive uh, action phases. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, uh, it's that's determined that's defender reprint. Determined yeah. defender. Right. Yeah. That's the one. The thing um, I don't like about this one, it, it's really easy to get, and I was playing with it before, but the problem is that you can't get it on the first round, right? Which kind of sucked, you know. You so have if it. If it's in, you your, if it's in it. your opening hand, it's worth throwing away. Yeah, um, I don't yeah. really like that. I'd rather yeah. have it be, you know, I'd I'd rather have a one that you score in the third end phase that gives you a lot of glory, and then the rest be ones I can do in any phase, you know. Yeah. All right um so yeah no I, I can see that. and also you don't have the same like you know steel hearts is kind of who would use uh the other one um uh the the, the universal one yeah, defensive steel heart would yeah would and they they just ha they're just bulkier they're harder to hit and um you know the 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 uh the zinch guys they're a little bit more fragile i don't know if this is something you necessarily want to do with them all right so let's move on to the next one uh master of magic score this immediately if your warband successfully cast two or more spells in this phase, like that's just better than the other one. Yeah, it sounds good. But it's tough it's to not. get. It's tough to get, really? Yeah. I mean, you either have to, you know, be, get really lucky with the dice rolls on Vortimus or you have mm -hmm. to uh, have a lot, have of, have a lot of spell deck. cards in your deck and they're not really that good. So so, so you don't play with this then? I, I reluctant, I, I did take it out after a, a significant amount of games playing with it because i just felt it was too hard to get it's the way that you're putting your deck together though i can see that if somebody's playing with more gambit spells well if you were um, playing with more spells and you were playing with the upgrades that give you like innate right if, if you were slanting this deck towards a more spell heavy deck you would definitely I, take this but it would still be difficult because you got to roll dice every time you do a spell yeah i think that i think that when whenever that ultimately that uh you know Whatever the upgrade is that's going to give you an innate swirl, if whenever that happens. one drops, I, I find it hard to believe that it won't. Okay. Um. You know, we got four more warbands coming up in the season. I, I I find it very surprising if they don't have that. They already have an innate zap one. Mm -hmm. Um. They have several. Yeah, or I think it, there's an I think innate one, up. and then there's one where you can just change one of your dice rolls to a a zap. Right. 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 Um. So I think that whenever that drops. And I'm 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 placing my money on it. I think it's gonna I think it's gonna drop eventually. It's gonna be like in the last like two warbands somewhere. It's gonna be there and it's gonna be universal and people are gonna like lose their minds over it. Well, I think um, if they do do that, it's more. Oh, go ahead. What's finish. That? Finish. I was saying like you know Master of Magic and other ones where it's like you know do this many, um, 
you know, spells in a round or whatever it is, or score immediately if you do two. I think that those are going to come up more often. You're going to see those in decks more. Yeah, I think if they want to make an innate swirl one, they would have to make it either be for spell gambits only, or they'd sure. have to put some kind of downside on it, like... Yeah, they would have to yeah. do it for for gambits only because then or the make it like where it lowers your defense by one or something like that or your health by one or they, it would be way too strong if it was just you have innate swirl that's it and period. Right. Yeah. I mean, because because the um, you would be auto hitting. Yeah, the spells that use zaps are typically not as strong, um, and that makes sense because zaps are so much easier to roll. Um, and uh, and you know that's part of the, the design of the game. I think is that they're 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 doing that um where, imagine if there was a card that um, said things, every things time you roll attack dice you automatically get one hammer right yeah that would be crazy yeah that would be crazy and that's so so yeah so it would have to be just for gambits alone or um, something some kind of yeah. downside to you or also they'd have to like ban it right away yeah all right so the next one uh rising inferno score this in an end phase if you caused four or more damage with spells in the preceding action phase you get one glory for that it's super hard to do this yeah you never do it right it's very difficult. There aren't. There's only a couple of damaged gambits. Well, there's and there's Vortimus's like attack. And Vortimus's attack. So I so, suppose if you hit two times. Yeah, I mean, you have to activate him twice. You'd have to be playing against somebody who didn't care, you know, or would just and run somebody up who's on like you. running yeah. at you. Yeah, it just it seems like the chances of all those things happening all at once for one glory. And if they're if they're willing to go that close to Vortimus, usually they have good enough defense, right? Where they don't, you know. So probably not. Okay, this is a tough one, um, and it's only Summer. one. It's only one glory if you do four you damage. Yeah, yeah, with, yeah, and it has to be with the spell, so you can't like push him back and play trap or whatever. Yeah, right, exactly. All right, so let's go on to the next Late one. Late game, uh, you might get it with if you have Glory Seeker and Empowered Sorcery on Vortimus, you could do it when you're inspired already. Um, it's never going to happen sorcery? early on in the game, which is kind of annoying. Which one's Empowered Sorcery? That's the one where oh, you get they... plus one damage on your spell attack action. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Curse Breaker says something similar to that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. All right. So then maybe you could do it in like just a one shot. You can do that, but you'd have to, it's a lot of setup for one glory. Yep. Uh, anyway, this next one, Summoner. Um, you play this one, right? Yeah. Uh, score this immediately. Uh, the second or subsequent time you use Vortimus's action to summon a blue horror. Yeah. Yep. That's why I'm saying like, if this is a good one, if if you can leverage him to make it so your opponent tries to gets kill punished him. for not attacking him or has to attack him. You know, because people get wise eventually, and they're like, "Well, I'm not gonna." The first time you play this on somebody, someone's like, "I'm never killing that guy again." You know, and you're like, "Sure." And then, then, so then you're like, "Sure, I'm stuff. putting him on this objective." You know, right? And I'm just gonna so keep shooting you. Yeah. So yep. it's very subtle, but I like that. Yeah, it's it's not a super powerful card on its own. It's very dependent but on the in, player in the scope and the, the, the yeah, state. in yeah. the scope of the rounds. It's actually pretty sneaky good. Yeah. All right, um, let's go to the next one. Ultimate change. This is one glory. Score this in, in NN phase if your warband took two or more enemy fighters out of action in the preceding action phase. That's yeah, you'd have to get real lucky or be playing against... Yeah. Uh, you know, this depends on your deck. If you're trying to go for a more aggressive style with this band, mm -hmm. you know, maybe trying to get a lot of things on the blue horror and Kacharik or something like that to have yeah, him I don't, kill I mean, everyone. They don't, yeah, they don't do aggressive super great. Yeah, 
So but, I would not. Yeah, Farstrider has like Dan uses this. That Farstrider have like the exact same one, and he uses oh, it. Oh, he gets you. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know well, if Dan ever decided to play Zine, she would probably have this in his deck with you know. Is that a faction specific for the Farstriders? Yeah. Oh. I think it's the same. It's. It's it's similar. Okay. You got to kill two guys in one. Action phase. All right. And you get one. Well, but this is well, tough to do, I think, with this warband. Yeah, I think so too. I just don't think they have the stat line to do that all yeah. the time. All right, so that's the all the objectives. Uh, let's move on to the gambits. Uh, the first gambit we have, uh, faction specific, is called Blessing of Zinch. Um, that is an innate zap for the first spell in your warband attempts to cast in the next act activation. Um, I, you do no, you don't use this one. No, there's nothing really. I mean, for I it. used to just to try out stuff, but I don't. This only helps you on your spell gambits. Like the the curse breakers have this one because it's, that would be pretty good if they did. They do. They, okay. They have, yeah. They have uh, an innate zap thing. Yeah. But is it a ploy that gives I think you it's a... an upgrade? Okay. Well, yeah. The, I was gonna say an upgrade is way better. You typically don't want to use a ploy to do this when there are upgrades in the game that allow you to either right. have an innate or change your dice. So I don't really like that. This is a ploy. Is my only thing. Yeah. Um. It only happens once. Yeah, and he, yeah. what's his name? And Zaps are so easy to roll yeah. anyway. And he, he doesn't, doesn't hit, hit with his melee or his uh, ranged attack yeah. with. Yeah, so there's I don't I don't like Meh. this one. I'd rather use Meh. a upgrade slot to do what this does. Yeah. All right, now this one, this one I know you use. Oh yeah, so bound by fate. Oh no, oh sorry, bound by fate. Sorry, I actually skipped one. I was on oh. deceitful step. We'll get to that in a minute though. Bound by fate. Choose two friendly fighters that are within three hexes of each other and switch their positions. Three hexes of each other. Yeah. It's like, what? what's the one? Uh, confusion? No, not confusion. Yeah, what's yeah, confusion. Confusion, confusion, but you have to be adjacent. Yeah. Right. This one, you can be within three. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty insane, this card. There's so yeah. many good ways to use it. There's so many. You can either use it to attack. You can use it to move on to objectives. You can use it to move on to the the edges get get you can uh, use it get, to get away yeah you can swap yeah. you know to rush with vortimus when magor is coming in or gerzag is coming in right and, and protect vortimus yep. with that yeah it's, it's just a multifaceted extremely good card yep yep i, th it's, I think just it's like the next one if you're playing zinch right say again it's an auto include if you're playing zinch i would say so yeah it's just such a powerful teleport you know effect it can throw off your opponent's whole plan yeah when you drop this all right, here's another one you got um, that's also, I think, an auto-include if you're playing Zinch also, um, which is Deceitful Step. Uh, choose a friendly fighter that is not adjacent to an enemy fighter and roll a magic dice. On a roll of a zap, a channel, place them on any starting hex. Otherwise, place them on any objective hex token. You, if you cannot, nothing happens. So, so what this means is that it's a coin flip because it says that the channels you go on to a starting hex and otherwise, otherwise means the two foci and the crit. Yeah. So it's a 50, 50 chance. You either go to any starting hex on the entire board or any objective on the entire board, 50, 50 chance. And um, if you cannot, I guess that means if all of the starting hexes are taken up or if all of all the, the objectives yeah. are, are being, are being held, um then then you can't go so it's like it's just a waste so you got to be mindful of that if all of the objectives are being held that if you roll a focus or a or a 
a crit. You can't. It's it's you a just, dead nothing card. happens. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um. But but you play with this, and I, I would imagine this is an auto include. Yeah. In the deck as it's well. an extremely powerful card because it's it's a teleport, and it doesn't give you a, any sort of token when you yeah. use it, which That's is right. way so more right powerful than like Faneway Crystal. Or, yeah, because Family yeah. Crystal gives you a token, and you can only do it once. Yeah, or hidden paths. And, sorry, and you can um, and uh, sorry, that you can only do it once, uh, and then you have to use an activation. Yeah. Uh, to to even make it do something. Yep, hidden paths gives you a move token. Yep. Uh, what's the other one? Sudden, sudden appearance by uh, yep. the Night Haunt is the similar Night to Haunt. this, and pretty good. But, but that, that one that, can only yeah. ever it's it's more reliable in that it always puts you on any starting hex. Right. But this but, one, you have to dice roll and see if you go on an objective either way. So it's like it's still really good. Yeah, it's I mean, you know, if you're gonna like you know Kacharik, you can just like have him teleport and right next to yep, something and, and kill just it. Attack and, like, right the away. Yeah. in the back. If Scritch is in the back, you got Pit Trap in your hand. You're gonna deal three damage plus one. You're gonna kill that warden. You're gonna kill Scritch. You know, um, if somebody's playing, you know, defensive, whatever, you can just take Kacharik, just send him in the other side, and boom. Yep. There he is. Um, that, that that's real good. And you can also do it the other way. You know, if you've overextended yourself, and uh, you know Vortimus is like too far into the other person, thing, you don't really want to do that. You can use that to pull him back out. Well, there are two downsides to this card. One is that you can't do it if the fighter is adjacent to enemies. Uh, so yes, yeah. that's true. So that's that's a big limiting thing. You can't like it's not a get out of jail free card for when one of your guys is getting ganged up on by. By orcs or whatever um but the the other the, the good thing about it or i'm sorry the other downside to it is you don't want to ever use this at a time where like you really needed to do one or the other you know like you don't want to be you don't want it to be like where um you know i'm gonna get supremacy if i just roll this dice and he goes on right, an objective yeah. you know because then you're always gonna fail you want to so, <laughs> so or just assume that you're going to fail, you know, Everybody every time 50 50. Yeah. yeah. You need to just assume you're going to fail. This. Yeah. yeah. What I like to do is I like to find um, places where it doesn't matter. I like to find opportunities where it doesn't matter if I go on an objective or a starting hex. I have a play uh, no matter what happens. Mm -hmm. You know, like if somebody's adjacent to a objective or a starter and it doesn't mm -hmm. matter which one i attack i like to use it then um or just you know to, you can use it and then move on to the objective or if you have uh what do you call it like a push card like um yeah you can double them off yeah, I not see distraction you or sidestep yeah. yeah or you can push guys off of an objective with center of attention or distraction and then roll it no man you have all three of those yeah it's it's it's, a, it's an extremely good card. This card sounds good. It's a really good teleport. Put it in there. Put yeah. it in there, everybody. All right, driven by ambition, uh, the first friendly fighter to make a move action, not as part of a charge action in the next activation, has a plus two move. Um, so and there's Turash trucking. Yeah. Um, so uh, I see you don't have this one in there um it's just kind of like spectral wings but you can't attack with it yeah i if you really wanted that you could just take spectral wings yeah yeah or you can take an upgrade yeah, to get that plus one move or something right i don't like that it's only a, you're and you already move four so it's like not really a huge deal and they well, already I mean, have like, teleporting yet from one spot to another spot i can understand it but 
I'd rather have deceitful step or something. To... Yeah, that that just teleports. Yeah, little... or all right. Yeah, I don't like this one that much. Uh, forget... All right, next one. Um, eidetic memory. Is that how you pronounce that word? That's the best I could do. All right, eidetic memory. Um, reaction. Play this after an attack action made by a friendly Kacharik that fails. I don't. So, oh, because your opponent might be playing Zinch yep. too. Yep. Fair enough. Okay, play this after an attack action made by a friendly Kachark that fails. They may make another attack action which targets the same fighter. I feel like I see this um, this type of card a lot in a lot of warbands, um, but you don't play with it? Uh, I don't. I have other things that can buff him. Okay. Um, it's not bad. If you were, it, if you were running a more aggressive Zinch deck, yeah, he, you could do it with Masterstroke. Yeah, you, it would be... Yeah, that's right. It would it would make Master Stroke go off. That's true. All right. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I just I'm more right. focused on, you know, doing objectives and or standing on objectives, positioning. Yeah, and it doesn't. Then I have make other the cut. things in the deck that buff his attack. So yeah, it's not bad, but I don't think it makes the cut. Okay, yeah. um, let's move it's, on. It's yeah, it's decent. Malicious flames. Mm -hmm. A reaction. Um, we're apparently setting. Who is that? that Kirk or no, that's scratch. We're setting scratch on fire. Okay. Play this during an attack action or gambit that has dealt enough damage to friendly brimstone horrors to take it out of action. But before removing the fighter from the battlefield, um, adjacent enemy fighters suffer one damage. So the brimstone horror, if he dies and you have this ploy in your hand becomes an AOE bomb. Yeah. It's, it's just it's tough to do this one because tough to the, get it yeah, done, right? The positioning has to be correct and it requires your opponent to try to kill him. Right. Which or they you'd might have to do some kind of you could you could combo it with like Shard Gale if you wanted to. Anything yeah. that you can it's it's an attack action oh, or you gambit. Probably that could, takes right? Because the Brimstone Horror is only one. Yeah. Yeah. So you could you could potentially, if he's in a good spot, go Shard Gale and then that, but they would have to both be in your hand at the same time. Yeah. This card yeah. Yeah, it's it's for more of a aggressive I, approach. I, I see that as being again. I don't know if it makes the cut. I can yeah. see that being pretty powerful, but the combination is just so difficult. I don't think it would go off very often. I think you know, one out of twenty games, you'll get a yeah. super good, it, you know, well, hit five people and play Shard Gale and kill everyone. But you know, most of the time, it's gonna do. The other problem with Shard Gale or is do you nothing. Have two guys on the on the board that are twos. Yeah. You know, so if you play Shard Gale, you're like, it does a lot of damage to you. And if you have the guy out already, yeah. All right. It does. So it, I do. I do kind of want to play with this card at some point. I haven't been, but the more I read it, the more I I like it. You know, when compare when combined with other cards, mm -hmm. um, just because you know it's adjacent enemy fighters, so it doesn't hurt your own guys, and they just suffer yep. one damage. Yep. Which can be pretty important sometimes. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, um, I haven't that, been playing that, that, with it. If you guys, one. if anybody listening has a cool deck that uses that, I'd I'd like to see it. Yeah, post post it on the uh, post it on the page. All right, um, next one is uh, Ravenous Flame. This is a Gambit spell that you do not use apparently. Um, it's one focus to cast it. If this spell is cast, scatter three from any lethal hex. Any fighters in any hex in the chain suffer one damage. Wow. Okay, so first we have to roll a focus, yeah. which is harder to do. Yeah, you got to roll a focus, and then you got to right. scatter. Yeah. Then 
we have to scatter from a lethal from a hex. Lethal, yeah. So there has to be a lethal hex on the board. So that means that you have to choose a board that has a lethal hex or perhaps hope your opponent does that. Um, and then any fighters in the chain, and a lot of times scatter chains are really hard to uh, predict. So um, I find them to be very difficult. Um, and then anything in the chain suffers one damage. So it's similar to the chain lightning that the storm sire group has the thunder buddies i like to call them. Mm-hmm. um but um but it starts at a lethal hex which could be anywhere on the board yeah um and but but you'd have to play it at a time when something's close enough for that i i don't know if it like takes a spot yeah i don't like this one I, I, but you know when i went to that tournament recently there were several people using i think you were using lethal hexes too you were lo- using lethal hexes Oh, I only Dan use was... lethal hexes because I like that board. I like if I lose the board roll, I use the one that was in the board pack from yeah. season one, just because of where the starting hexes are. Not because I particularly like being around lethal hexes. I actually don't like being around lethal hexes. But you like, but yeah, I mean, incidentally, I those like the, that, that board that you incidentally like, incidentally, they yeah. have really yeah, because the lethal hexes are all in the center of that board. It's the blue side of that. The lethal hexes are all towards the middle, so they have to put the um, starting hexes on the outside. So if I lose the board roll, I like to use that one just because I always get at least three good starting hexes to like jump off the line and get in there. Um, and but... Night Hunt will always have a board with oh yeah, lethal of course, always lethal hexes because why not? They they don't get affected by it. Yeah, but you know, it just seems like a lot of things have to happen for this to be any good. And yeah, I, I don't I, use I don't this card, it. and I don't think you would want to use lethal hexes as Zinch. You guys are already kind of switching. Some, some guys, yeah, exactly, yeah. and. You have a bunch of guys and positioning is very important, so I wouldn't use it. But if you did, I think what you would want to do is just use it when you'd want to use it when there's either one or two guys that are adjacent to a lethal hex and then put the scatter directly underneath them so that if you try to roll three dice and get one hammer. Yeah. And you you probably will get on three dice. Rolling one hammer is pretty likely. likely. And then you do one damage to that guy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But still, um, I mean, I think there's better ways to do one, one damage yeah. with a card that are way less risky than doing this. Um, so let's move on. Um, Shield of Fate is one you you have in your deck. Um, yeah. It is also a gambit spell. Yeah, you're already like I don't know. It's, it's a gambit spell. One focus to cast it. If the spell is cast, the caster has plus one defense. Uh, this spell persists until the caster is out of action or the end of the round, whichever happens first. Yeah, there's two reasons I like this. One is that it's a it, you can cast it on like the first round. Yeah, and it will and inspire Vortimus's. a charge right away if you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Vortimus's has a little bit more beefy. Is a little bit beefier for the first round. Yep, and sometimes you have to kind of deploy him forward, and it's a little risky. Yep. So doing that is nice, and then when he gets inspired and he gets his two dice. Yeah, now he has three dice. Now he has three dice. Yeah, nobody. When you start getting into the three dice range, people just start giving up on the on yeah. attacking you. Yeah, because yeah. they're like, oh, he might roll a friggin' crit, you know, and my right. attack does nothing, even if I hit him three times. Um, so I I do like this one, but you know, just sometimes it just does does nothing, and it's kind of annoying. Yep. Well, or, that's true of any of these things. Yeah, or it just your opponent wasn't planning on attacking him anyway, or. And you know you don't you still don't want to go too aggressive with him because he defends on on dodges even if he has this so it's like yeah 
I don't know. I, I do. I do like it. I do. I have used it for a while, and it is pretty powerful. And and the chances of of um, rolling it is seventy five percent. Yeah, because it's a fifty fifty on two dice. Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah. So I mean, you, you'll 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 get it most of the time. Sometimes it's a, when the, in the times when you really need the extra defense. Yeah, you roll two zaps every time. Uh, right. Exactly. Okay. Um. Let's go to the next one. Stolen fate. Um, you can re-roll one of dice for the attack roll of the first attack action made by a friendly fighter in the next activation. So you just get an extra dice in the next one. Um, if you're playing them aggressively, maybe you use it, but I still think there's stuff that's better than this. Yeah, I do think there's stuff better than this. I'm not going to say it's a bad card, though, and it helps out inspiring your guys. Yeah, you it's not a bad mechanic. Yeah. It's just that there's stuff that's better than this. I think this. there's you better things to... you could take than this. Yeah, and you're only going to take nice. like 10 or 11 ploys. Uh, gambits, I don't think you do it. Um, next one, Racking Change. And this is one you used to use a lot, but now you don't. Mm -hmm. um, it's a Gambit spell, two zaps. If this spell is cast, choose an enemy fighter within four hexes of the caster. Uh, the That fighter suffers one damage and one additional damage for each crit in the casting roll. Yeah, it's it's too it's too swingy. Like it either does one, it, it does one or nothing, or like it it's it's hard to predict what it's gonna do. I used to get it used to be way better when I had a lot of those innate uh, cards or dice where you know change your mm -hmm. dice to this to yeah. zap. Um, but now that I'm not really yeah. using those yeah. anymore, it's just I don't think it fits with the deck. I, incidentally, I did use it against uh, Dan, and I rolled two crits, so it did three damage to him one time, which but was, it also did which one was damage pretty to absurd. You, you did, right? Yeah, it did do one damage to me, but I think doing three damage to one far strider is... Yeah. With the gambit's pretty good. Yeah, that was pretty... something that has a lot of defense. Right. Yeah. And he, no, yeah, it was you. an inspired, uh, it was an inspired guy on the far striders team, so it would have been hard to take them out anyway, but yeah, it... I think if you're going to use more of the innate or changing your dice to channels, this card becomes very good. But if you're just raw casting it, it's probably not going to do much. And I do really like the art on this because it's like, what is it? It's Magor, yeah, getting Is it Magor or Zarkus? It's definitely Magor. It's Magor and he's got the bug eyes and he's got like something crazy well, happening. It's a, yeah, it's it's that's what will happen in, in, in Warhammer lore, the... The gods will just, you know, the dark gods of chaos will, if they decide they don't like you for whatever reason, they'll just mutate just you into something. Into, yeah, 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 that's crazy. All right. Cool. And Zinch can do that. They can, they can just cast a spell on you where you get mutated into, a, you know, a tentacle so monster. It's, uh, so it's thematic. Yeah. Great. All right. So let's move on. Here are the uh, faction specific. Um, upgrades. Uh, the first one is called Arcanite Shield. Uh, you can only put it on Turash. This fighter's defense characteristic changes to a shield. Terrible. Trash. I'm never going to put any upgrades on Narvi or Turash because it's just a waste. Yeah, and even changing it to shield, it doesn't even make him that good anyway. Like if it was, you could put Soul Trap on him or something if you really yeah. don't want him to die. It's just um, crap. Yeah. I'm I'm looking at your upgrades. You only have one faction specific upgrade in here, which we'll get to in a minute. <clears throat> That's okay. interesting. All right, so let's keep going. Oh, we're gonna get to it in like a second, actually, because yep. it's the one after this one. All right, uh, the next one's called Bizarre Capering, and uh, the Blue Horror slash Brimstone Horror uh, gets Brimstone Horrors. Yeah, I just noticed it's plural. There's two, and there is two of them. Yeah, that There's makes sense. Two of them on one base. Yeah. 
Right. Okay. Whatever. Um, and uh, it gives them plus one defense. So how many are they rolling already? One. One. Oh, so they roll two now? Yeah, I kind of want them to die, though. Right. And it's I don't like having it be so specific to just them. I'd rather yeah. play something else, yeah. Okay. Um, so let's move on. Um, Empowered Sorcery. This is the one that you put on Vortimus. And he gets <clears throat> plus one damage to all of his spell attack actions. So he can shoot when he's inspired for three damage. Yeah. That's pretty great. Pretty good. That's very good. And it, 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 it does feel kind of dumb when he, if like if he dies and you draw this and you can't. Right. Yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah. That's but, true. you know, it, it is. It, I think it is powerful, especially with the other cards I have in my deck, which you can see on the Facebook, like you can get Glory Seeker or, you know, you can get his attack up to pretty insane yeah dice and damage not bad all right and this so is what kind of enables it because it's just that plus one damage and then you can get the oh what's the other one fighter's ferocity where if you roll a crit oh yeah, yeah. excellent you can you can do some off. spike damage with this guy you know? yeah it's, that's the only it's, reason it's like why soft, I uh, what was the one concealed weapon right but it's no, only no. one damage but there's no like range bonus yeah on. yeah 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 it's similar good. to concealed weapon yeah all right, uh, Fate Word is, goes on Kacharik. Um, you can re-roll the defense dice for this fighter when he is the target of... Uh, when it is the target. Okay, I guess he's an it. Um, it's however he self-identifies. Right. Um, when it is the target of an attack action. Um, do we care enough to put this in there? Uh, well, I actually put in one in my deck recently called Champion's Fortitude, and it can just be put on anybody, and you re-roll the defense dice. It's better than this, right, dice. yeah, okay. And uh, yeah, better. I mean, I guess if you wanted two, you could put one on. You want to have one on yeah. Chark, one on Vortimus, maybe. Okay, fine. I like to but... do the champion. The champion's fortitude is literally the same text, except it's not connected to any one character. You can put it on whoever right. you want, and it's a generic. Okay. Uh, the next one is uh, Fiery Blessing, and we finally get to a really nice close-up look of what uh, what uh, Narvia looks like. Oh, and, great! Uh, I don't like that mask thing. <laughs> Yeesh. She it's only like, on Narvia, yeah. She looks like an like an old co like comedian or something like that wearing that thing. It's crazy. All right, anyway. Um plus one dice to this fighter's attack actions that have a range of three or more. Are there range more no, than you, three? well there's an upgrade you can make it you can make them have plus one range on their range attacks. Oh, is that right? Yeah, but okay. this yeah, again, I don't want to oh, put yeah, any so. upgrades on Narvia or two rush. Yeah. And not you just get an extra dice, so you have three dice right away, and then four dice when you're inspired. It's okay, yeah. I guess, but I don't. Mm -hmm. They're just gonna die. I don't like putting it on, any upgrades on them. All right. Um. Here's the next. I'd rather one. have upgrades that aren't attached to any one person. Or yeah, I know. It, usually, you want that's more effective. Than I mean, this. I use um in the Magor's deck. I use a couple things that I put on Magor, like uh, Glory Visage. Well, those are really powerful, but, but they're very powerful. Yeah, and he's this is like, just plus you, one you dice on your him. one right. damage attack. Especially if you can get them both on him, yeah. that's great. Okay, so this next one, Piercing Bolt. See, now I look at Piercing Bolt, and that looks pretty good to me. Um, it only goes on Vortimus, but um, it's it's and it's a spell attack action. Uh. Three, um, you know, three range zaps rather than foci one damage, but it's got cleave. Yeah, it's kind of like overcharged bolt storm pistol, but it's a spell attack. I mean, but it's only two dice. Yeah, but zaps always land. Okay, not all. I mean, they don't always land. They they land a well, lot. Well, this is an interesting card because 
and we should talk about it a little bit because the fact that your ranged attack hits on zaps is is pretty significant because you can get the innate or the right cards yeah and you have you the to, innate because yeah. you have the sorcerer's adept which is another one there's a lot of things innate. you can do to make this auto hit yeah easily but plus, it requires plus, yeah plus. it it's just the payoff is not that great because yeah, it only I mean, does one damage and then it requires so you, you to combo glory it. hunt seeker yeah you know yeah, but I mean, it's just it requires you to combo it with all these other things. Yeah, you know, you play Glory Seeker and this. That's two upgrades to do two damage. Put Sorceress yeah. Adept on there. Now you get an innate zap, so you can possibly have three. That's really hard to stop. It's got cleave. I'm gonna try playing with it, but again, it's like, do you want to go that hard on just Vortimus attacking? Yeah, I, I, so I can see that. I mean, if that's not really the point of the, the way that you've constructed the deck, I can understand kind of like leaving this now. I'm just saying it looks pretty good. Because it's going to require a lot of different upgrades for it to be. It, you're going to have to already have a bunch of glory and then opportunities for him to attack a lot. You're putting a lot of conditions on that. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. I'd get rather it. just have the one that does plus one with all his actions as the only card that's tied to him at, at this moment you know now that the spells are not super powerful and there isn't that you know so-called innate uh focus i just don't really i want to have my warband be spread out where the, both vortimus and kacharik and the blue horror are all you know, their, their upgrades are all kind of, like, interchangeable. So depending on what's happening, I can put it on the person who needs it the most. All right. Okay. I see, I, I see it. I see it. Um, all right. So let, let's move on. It is an interesting uh, card, though. I, I kind of want to try I'm just it out. Saying, it's interesting. But yeah. let, let's move on. Um, so we got the Scroll of Dark Arts. Um, you can only put this on one of the Wonder Twins. Uh, the Fighter, Narvi and Tarash, for those of you who haven't picked up my, my euphemism for them. Um, the fighter sorcerer's bolt action, attack action has plus one range, so their range attack is even rangier. Now you can go four uh, hexes away and shoot. Yeah, I um, mean, again, still crappy. Still, attacks, still don't want to put upgrades on them, but that is pretty cool having a ranged four attack. Yeah, it'll actually make them a little bit more survivable, I think, unless you're playing against people that like move four or five. Mm-hmm. Having a ranged attack that could potentially knock people back will put you out of range of getting charged by somebody who only moves three. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, so for the next one, we have Silver Tether. Um, if this fighter is holding the objective in the third end phase, gain one glory point. Uh, that's not too bad. That's like the Shadowed Key. It's like... It's like... Um, yeah, the Shadowed Key, but it's in the third that's end what? phase, right? Well, I think that one's in the third oh, end okay. phase. I mean... Yeah, that's not bad. I mean, you know, now that a destiny to meet and uh, what's the other one? Uh, the slumbering key or kind of mm-hmm. nobody's he's falling out of favor. Yeah, this with one the didn't get, list. but th- yeah, this one action specific. It, you got to be on. It's got to be in the third end phase, and you only get one. So yeah. it's like that. The, the formless key. Well, I thought that's. I thought the formless key was just a. Oh, is, is that the one that it is? Which I think that's I? the one where you're if you're on any objective, you get. All right. Well, anyway, because the other one, the other keys give you two for being on the specific objective. For being on specific objectives, yeah. yeah. But there's also the slumbering key, which is you just have to be alive. Okay. 
Anyway, this one, but, oh, that doesn't matter if you are on an objective. It's one or of not. the keys. It's like the exact same thing as yeah. one of the keys. All right. I mean, it's um, all right if you're gonna. It's all right if you're gonna. You have, if, to have space for it. Yeah, I'd like to have yeah. the upgrades be more. I never really used those keys in Destiny to meet. Right, I, I used it just because everyone was doing it, and I wanted to be like equal. I didn't want to like lose the game because one guy has a Destiny to meet on his thing. Right. So yeah, I kept okay. that, but um, I don't really like this one. I mean, for me, I would usually hold it in my hand until the very last second and then put it on something that was definitely going to survive um that's so, not how i like to play okay but if, um, i don't know if you want to be total if you want to go full on the objectives with this warband you could totally put this in and it would be yeah, all right I think, so. I think so um yeah but again like i i would recommend not putting it on things until like the very last right. power step and to just throw on something that you that is definitely going to survive and standing on something. Yeah. You don't want to make him a target for, yeah. for both ploys or coming in and getting attacked. Exactly. All right. Uh, a couple more um, upgrades left. We have sorceress adept. This gives Vortimus an innate zap. I feel like we, yeah, it's pretty powerful. That. I mean, that it's is, a, it's, it's a nice effect stuff that he does with that. Yeah. And it, it will, that will combo with that one where he gets cleaved the piercing bolt. Yeah, if that said, auto hit I mean, somebody, let me yeah. tell you something. If that said focus, they would have broken the, this. This would yeah. be such a power. That's why I'm saying it's end. not. Gonna, they're not going to make a card yeah. that does that. But this, uh, yeah. yeah, and it's good if you're trying to cast spells that require the uh, the zaps. Like, well, I mean, like, I like your idea that if they put it out and said that if it's like you know it's a focus and it's innate, but you can't use it on um, spell attacks, then that would be balanced, or at least more balanced. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyway, um, and then the last upgrade uh, faction-specific card is uh, Strength of Arrogance. This you can only put on Kacharik. Uh, plus one damage to all attack actions with a range of one or two. So it's basically just great strength for Kacharik. Yeah. I don't... It's not I, bad. He'll hit for four. That's pretty good. Yeah, and it, it, there is more of an argument for putting that in now that they've restricted uh, incredible strength. Yep. So if you didn't want to, if you wanted to have two great strengths in your deck, and you didn't want to burn one of them on um, incredible strength, you could put that one in. But I think just having incredible strength, or even just great strength, is a lot better because having great strength on Bordemus would be really nice too, because he has a range two attack, yep. and it already does two damage. So I think I think you'd be better off with great strength. All right. Than this. Not bad. Um, so now we're going to start talking about some of the um, the universal cards. We're not going to go through all of them. We're just going to go through a few that we thought were interesting. Um, and well, ones that are... you'll see a lot. This this will be the cards that you'll want to buy this pack, even if you have no intention of playing Zinch. Exactly. You're going to want to buy also... this pack for these cards that we're about to talk about. Also, from like a painting perspective, I think you and I both had a lot of fun painting these. Oh, I mean, so sure, yeah. They're they're really great models. So yeah. um, I had a lot of fun painting them, and I think I think they're the best painting I've done. Um, and I, I saw your yours are gorgeous, of course. Um, Thanks. The, yeah, the purple heap you you put a you put a post up on the uh, yeah. on, on the page on the Facebook. Yeah, so much takes... additional content on our Facebook. You should like. Yeah, yeah, like, like that page. Come on, man! It's so much good stuff. All right, so let's see. We got um. So one of them we wanted to talk about was this um objective called finish them. Um, finish them is score this immediately. Always good to have an immediate in if your warband uh, takes an enemy fighter out of action with an attack action um, with a damage characteristic one. I think this goes in a far strider deck. 
Well, it's a reprint um, of it's a reprint with a different name of the bigger of, uh, they are. The bigger they are, so you can actually have them both. Yep. That's and I saw good. Dan use this against me. I don't know yep. if he had both of them, but he definitely had that one. And I was like, he said, "I'm gonna play finish them," and I was like, "What's that do?" And he's like, "It's it's uh, the bigger they are." I was like, oh, "Okay, great." Now I got two. Yeah. So I mean, it 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 is a it is a decent card if you're if you um, have any warband where you're going to attack and it's gonna land one. That does one, yeah. Yeah, then you, you should put it. It's great definitely. in Forest Rider, yeah. Yep. Uh, fired Up, which is already restricted. Already, um, so the second you buy this pack, the card's yeah. already restricted. Uh, yeah. And it just right. came well, two, two of them, actually. Yeah. yeah, we didn't even have a chance. And so what I was used to be using um, uh, in the Magor's deck, I was using uh, Shining Example. And this came out, I'm like, oh, this is way better. Right. And then they restricted, and I'm like, ah, eh, forget it. I'll just put Shining Example. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much what I did, yeah. Yeah. Um, this is great though. You scored an end phase if at least one surviving friendly fighter is inspired. I mean, like unless so you're playing easy, defensive yeah. far striders, like you're gonna do that. <laughs> yeah, in any warband where it's easy to inspire, which is a lot of them. Yeah. It's just it's just incredible. But the fact that oh, it's God, restricted and it only it's gonna one. happen right away. If you're playing uh, you know, guard, it's gonna happen basically. Anything. Anything is gonna happen. I mean, come on. Um, we were looking at great gains. Great gains said, score this in an end phase. If you gained at least five glory points in this round and you get two. It's a little win more-ish. Yeah. But I think that there's a premium on that now because I find that a lot of my games are... are, are Stakes are high. I just, I just think that it's like... I, I think that more warbands have chances of scoring glory now with the restricted list. So I don't think you're going to be blowing anybody out anymore. So if you can find a way to score five, turns into seven. Yeah. It's that's interesting pretty, when you combine like a 40 it with percent the... increase. That's pretty good. Um, but the thing is that you have to score that much. So, um, you know, if you have a lot of score immediately and you're good at killing stuff, Maybe you put this in. I don't think it makes the cut in my Magor's deck, but I definitely gave it a side eye and like, hmm. I like it where you, if you run I mean, ones that it. give you a lot, like if you're running Superior Tactician or yeah. uh, Denial. Yeah, and you can kill stuff. If, and it's if any, you're running anything that gives you three any glory. Phase. Yeah. It's any end phase. So you can do it with those ones that give you a lot of glory in the third end phase. Yeah. Or, or yeah. if you have um, any of those and, or keys. Or if you're yeah. killing stuff. You know, the keys it, it will give you two. One. Yeah. And then that counts for two, right? Yeah. Might be pretty good. I don't know. Maybe. The key, if you, see, if you score some cases where it'd be good. If you score denial and one of the keys, you already get great gains. That's it. And you get two more. Yeah. I don't know. Right there. I thought it was an interesting card to, that you're gonna you might want to look at. Yep. Uh loner we talked about last week. We said it's on the restricted list and we couldn't really figure out why it's so restricted. Um, but it comes out of the beach pack. I know, I know. So score this in an end phase if at least one surviving friendly fighter has no other fighters within three hexes. I mean, I can see scoring that easily. Yeah, it seems pretty easy to manufacture. Yeah, uh, I can see it's about as easy as fired up, I would say. Yeah, you can hidden path some guy in the back. You can yeah. run away. You can, you can you tell can there's a lot of teleports now. And I think they just, yeah. I think maybe they made this card and then kind of immediately regretted it. Yeah, in the play testing, but I, it kind of snuck through. So I think they. So, and then I just saw it show up on the list, and I was like, weird. Um, yeah, I we never saw anybody use it last week. Yeah. 
And I don't um, think it was in too many of the the decks, the um like yeah, the decks from tournaments that happened recently. I don't know. I this kind of puzzles me. But it does if if anything, it does kind of reward a kind of like do nothing playstyle. Sure. Like it rewards you for running away and doing nothing with that guy. Yeah, which, which I which, which I don't shouldn't like, be but... which is not good, you know. They should right. reward, they should give you a nice reward for running in and attacking people, not running away and doing nothing. Yeah, for playing the game. Yeah, right. I mean, like, the game is really, I think it's meant for more for combat because uh, obviously you one of the mechanics is that you you gain glory for killing things. Mm-hmm. So obviously they don't, they want you to kill stuff. Um, but yeah, okay. But I mean, you know, you can play it the way that you play it. Um, anyway, moving moving along. Uh, tactical supremacy one four. We're finally getting um, one of these tactical supremacies that are not numbers right next to each other. Score this in an end phase if you hold objectives one and four. Specifically, those two, you get two glory. It's the same as any of those other tactical supremacies. Um, I have this in that night haunt deck. Yeah, if you're um, a fan of these kind of cards, the tactical yeah. supremacy cards, and you're playing a heavy objective deck, you know, yep. having having more varied ones, I think, is helpful. Because it just kind of increases the chances that you'll incidentally be on the objective you want to be on. Absolutely. And if it's not good, then you can throw it away or try to get it in the next round. Right. And it's two, so it's it's significant. It's not bad. It's good in Night Haunt, yeah. It's any end phase. Yep. Pretty good. All right, so the next one, uh, Tempting Target. Score this immediately if your Warband takes an enemy fighter with at least two upgrades out of action. Um... I see this as being pretty good, especially towards the end of the game, and especially if you are um, you're more in, of an aggro, or you know, just like if you have enough stuff to kill stuff. The only issue, of course, is that if the thing has two upgrades on them, they might be upgrades that make that particular thing harder to kill. Um, yep. But um, but it is. I feel like I've killed things with 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 two upgrades. Oh before. yeah, all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I think it happens. It's the it only thing is obviously happens. you can't use it until later in the in the game. Right, that's that's the bad thing about it. But uh, the other thing is that you know since they've restricted advancing strike and defensive strike, yeah, this becomes a lot more important because you know it's just for killing a guy and you get an immediate uh, score immediately, one glory. Yep. And your if your warband is built around fighting. Like, if you're playing Orcs or Magors or something like that, I think this is a good slot in if you don't take Defensive Strike or Advancing Strike or whatever. If you want, if you really want to save your um, your restricted list choice for upgrades or ploys and you don't want to take Advancing Strike, you might take this. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's the best thing, but I think you're right. If, if you have other stuff that you're, you're not putting in because you need the, the restricted uh, space. Um, all right, so the next one, and this is one that I do play in my Magor's deck now because um, because I have two characters that can score it for me. Uh, it's called What Armor, um, and this one is a score immediately if a friendly fighter's attack action with cleave succeeds. So basically, if I have this in my in my hand and I attack with Magor, I will score this immediately just for um, f- just for getting a cleave attack through, which basically happens every time anyway. Um, and I and I scored it during the tournament with uh, Riptooth because I, I rolled right. A crit. Yeah, Riptooth has a thing where if you get a crit, then he gets cleave. Right. On that and on that a, attack, there's a decent and then amount Magor of cleave. Magor just out there. starts with cleave. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I might do it in a Farce Rider deck too if I have, you know, uh, Overcharged Boltstorm Pistol and uh, what's his name? Uh, Swiftblade has uh, Cleave. When right, he's I'd say if any of your there. if any of your guys have Cleave on their card, whether they become inspired or they start with it, like the champion for Undead, for example, for the Skeletons. Yeah, this I might think be this is good. a great card because it's a score immediately. And all you have to do is have a successful attack. Doesn't the cleave? You don't have to actually cancel shields to get it. Right. It just you have to do an attack with cleave. Right. And no, it, ha- it, yeah. it has to succeed. Yeah, you have to succeed. Right. So right. they if they if they defend on dodges and they fail, you still get it. Right. Yep. So I think this is just a, a fantastic one for anybody that starts with cleave or. I think in the Magors, you have to have it in there. Yeah, and then Forest Rider, they have a ton of different ways to get Cleave just by either being inspired on Swiftblade or, or Eagle Eye, yeah. yeah, or Flashing Hand Axe or, so, you know, stuff. They have a lot of different ways to get Cleave. Yep. And if you're playing Sepulchral Guard, this goes in immediately. Score right. immediately in the deck immediately. So those are the um, objectives from that uh, from that pack that we thought were pretty good. Um, here's a couple of gambits that we thought were pretty good. Uh, the first one, I I think you put this in if you have any wizard, any kind of deck. wizard. You put an Absos Withering. Yep. So good. Um, uh, gambit spell zaps. Um, one zap. So that's one. And it's only one zap. Yeah. That's right. So um, you can do this with you know with uh, the the Thunder Buddies. You know the the other yep. two. Yep. Um, you know, was it uh, Rastus and Amos? Amos, yep. And you can you could potentially you got a you got a two out of three chance of scoring it with them, uh, or not scoring it, uh, uh, uh casting it with yeah. them. Um, and with uh, what's his name with the uh, Thunder Buddy Supreme, like you're definitely gonna get it. Mm-hmm. Um, if this spell is cast, choose an enemy fighter within four hexes of the caster. That fighter has minus one wounds, so it's like an opposite great fortitude to a minimum of one. Uh, and this spell persists until that fighter is out of action. Yeah. So it changes the wound characteristic down. Now, of course, you have to be careful when you're using this. If you're using precise use of force or something like that, it will. I don't think it will proc that. Well, no, you're not, changing the wound attack. characteristic. You're just changing yeah. the characteristic. But um, but if they have one left, you know, well, this was uh, an FAQ thing. Yeah, and it was it was said in the FAQ that it says, well, just to preface this, we'll say, the way the ga- the rules of the game work are you have a wound characteristic, and then as you take damage, you assign wound tokens okay. to your card, yeah. and then when your the amount of wound tokens equals or exceeds your wound characteristic, then you're taken out of action, right? So right. what they said was, what if what if a guy has four wounds? His wound characteristic is four. And he has three wound tokens on him. Then I cast Abasoth's Withering on him. What happens? And they said that he will, in fact, die because you're lowering his um, wound characteristic. And then that will. The number that they yeah, have. then that yeah. will equal the amount of wound tokens he has and will die because of that. And you still get a glory for that? <clears throat> yeah, but it doesn't score certain objective yeah, cards, cards yes. because it's not an attack. And. You didn't actually deal damage to the to the uh, to the model, um, to the fighter rather. Um, so you just have to be careful. There are certain ones that will work in certain. Yeah, ways. it says in the FAQ: in a two-player game, you will still gain a glory point, but your warband is yeah. not considered to have taken that fighter out of action. 
So you got to be careful when it comes to certain objectives. Yeah, but even then, oh, I think no, this is just a great spell. Yeah, oh, like you no. said, if you have a wizard, just you should just throw this in your deck because it's it's very easy to get off, and it essentially just does one damage to a guy. Yeah. Um, as long as you can combo it off with somebody attacking, you know, right after that. All right. So I think this is just a fantastic card. This is one spell that I've had since you know I've had this in my deck since I got the expansion. All right, uh, so the next one is called Counter Charge. Um, and this one says, it's a reaction. Play this after an enemy fighter's move action that is part of a charge action. Choose a friendly fighter and push them up to three hexes. They must end this push adjacent to the enemy fighter. So it smacks a little bit of quick thinker, mm -hmm. but you can't counter charge away from something, but you can counter charge towards something um and sometimes people would use quick thinker to do that where they would they would they would like they would have um some some enemy fighter would be charging in and they would move another fighter next to it so that they can act as a support and then of course get a hit on the next one so i think that uh i think that that's pretty push. good this is a, pu you push it's a push them so you can right. you know then continuously it's not like, attack so it's not yeah. like quick thinker in that way um I kind of feel like I want to try this in the Magor's deck and see what happens, mm -hmm. but I don't know. I'm I, I'm dubious about whether or it's not tough it's going to actually. Ploy, yeah, yeah, because you got it's got to take a position in my in poison. I don't know if I I don't know if it's. I, good I think not. that this is particularly good in uh, dwarves, orcs, and night haunt. Night haunt, yeah. yeah oh well, night haunt. I think you should put it in there. Yeah, because night haunt they get rewarded know. for being adjacent to you. And there's so many of them. It's yeah. Gonna be easy. And, and yeah, and there's so many of them. Yeah. Uh, dwarves have a little bit of issues with with movement usually, and having them be supported means they get a lot more durable. Yep. And then orcs, I think a lot of people are going to try to play around you, you your Gerzag, and Bone Cutter, and they're going to very yep. try to very carefully position their guys so that, you know, they're not in range of Gerzag or whatever, or they're going to wait until he's moved already or charged already, then they're going to move in. And then you can use this to react and get him closer to the enemies. All right. I think, yeah, I think I it's think interesting. It, I, I think I this is a cool card. I can see where you would, might use it. Definitely use it in Night Hunt. Like but I do think it's good. Yeah, it's definitely going in the night in most people's Night Hunt decks, I think. Yep. And then maybe in, in Orcs or Dwarves. Okay. All right, so I'm going to move on. Um, I don't think this card is good, but please look at the artwork because it's pretty amazing. Imbue with life. Um, it's like an objective has like legs and runs away and there's like a dwarf running after it. Uh, terrible card. I don't think it's useful at all, but it's just super fun to look at that picture. Okay, all cool. right, moving on. Um, irresistible prize we thought was pretty decent, especially if you are playing um, a war band that wants to stand on objectives. It says choose an objective token push all fighters that are within two hexes of that token up to one hex so that they are standing on or closer to that token in any or in an order that you choose. If a fighter cannot be pushed in this way, do not push them. So it's a lot like a center of attention. Um, but instead of um, targeting a, a person, yeah. target, a fighter, you're targeting a, um, an objective token. Um, but it also kind of works like a reverse, um, great concussion because you can push everything closer to something. So it's almost like a vacuum. Right. Um, and that's pretty good. Um, and it works like sidestep. Also, if you just 
you know, if you have something that you can get within one of an objective and then you can play that and it's standing on the objective. Right. Or if and they you can also put, use it in other know, situations. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of different situations where you could use this. Um, the, the one that comes immediately to my mind is if you were trying to run, you know, a card like um, that rewards you for being on an objective token and then they push you off of it. Yeah, then you can just play that and <coughs> put them right back. back. Or if you don't want to, if, if you don't have enough activations to burn on a movement and you really need mm -hmm. to be on an objective, or if your guy's already moved or something like that, he gets pushed off, you put that back on. There's some other cool things you can do, like you can, um, you can maybe get people off of the certain territory they need to be at, like if they need to be in your territory or if they need right. to be in, they um, need to be like on, a, on the, on, on the midline or something or like something, that. Yeah. yeah. You can push um, them closer to you if they're one away or something, or there's another thing that I'm seeing with this, which is if you are, you and an enemy fighter you want to attack are standing near an objective. You could play this just to draw those two fighters next to each other yeah. so that you can attack without charging. Mm-hmm. So if they're like, for instance, uh, two away and you're either on the thing or one off the uh, the objective, you can play that and draw them into each other so that they're standing next to each other. And then you can just wail away at yeah. it, even if it's not like, even if you don't care about standing on the objective. I, I can see it being used for that, um, but I, I don't know if that's the reason why I'd put it in my deck. But if I was playing something that, um, you know, where I wanted... Um, to stand on objectives and then maybe also do a little bit of damage while I'm at it. Like I can see using it in that way. Yeah. I think um, center of attention is a little bit more ubiquitous, but if you're yes. running a war band that really cares about being on the objectives, I think you would run this over center of attention. Yep. All right. It's pretty good though. Mm -hmm. um, let's move on. We've got a couple more to go. Um, the next one we thought was pretty good. This is a gambit spell as well. Um, it's called Sorceress Insight. It's a gambit spell to foci, so you know this is good. If this spell is cast, choose one ploy from your power discard pile and add it to your hand. Hello, ready for action twice. Mm -hmm. Hello, double twist the knife. Hello, double trap. Yeah, we just thought this was an interesting card that seems really powerful. Probably one of the more powerful spells since you can get a ploy back, which is kind of silly. And, and but, ploys uh, are what you want. Right. The only yeah. problem is that, and and it, it's like the economy of it. Yeah. So first of all, here here's one. Here uh, there are two two counter arguments. One, double focus. Mm -hmm. The chance of getting double focus is twenty five percent. Um. So that's number one. Number two, you're spending a gambit slot to, to do one other one twice to get your gambit yeah. again yeah right so it's a 25 percent chance that you'll have the same gambit two times and you have to play it already yeah so um it's pr i can see it being powerful but at the same time i think it's really hard to get it to go mm -hmm. and so i don't know i i it, Again, if we ever see the uh, the innate focus for uh, for a gambit um, spell, maybe we see this more often. But right now, I don't think so. Yeah, it was just interesting. Thought I'd put it on the I list. Thought, yeah, it's I know. We, flashy we, we, it looks, It's kind of cool. It's flashy. Yeah. But you know, whenever you have a double focus, whatever it does is going to be. It, it, well, it better be pretty powerful. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, here is another one um, that I did not want to put on, but you said you wanted to talk about. Okay. So let's talk about it. 
uh sphere of azir 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 are we sure about yep. that is that a lore thing that i, I don't, don't know, know? Okay. Gambit spell one focus to cast. So that's a, that's a coin flip. Um, if this spell is cast, choose an enemy fighter holding an objective. Sorry, it's not a coin flip. This is 75%. Mm-hmm. Am I right about that? Yeah. 75%. No, no cause it's two coin. It's oh, two well, it depends flips. on how much, how many dice you're rolling two, Well, right. Well, I mean, I would assume two. Okay. All right. Start um, over. But anyway, if this spell is cast, if this spell is cast, choose an enemy fighter holding an objective. They suffer one damage. Yeah. Well, now, there's I... a lot more things like standing on objectives lately, but I mean, really? Well, the thing I like about this card is that it only requires one dice to get off and it has infinite range and they just suffer one damage. That's true. Which is pretty powerful. You can, especially, I think this is good in curse breakers because any one of them can do it and 50, it doesn't have a range. Yeah. And, you know, you can't defend against it. And yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot more people that care about objectives. Um, it helps you against defensive uh, forest rider or defensive steelheart. If they have that card like bloodless or whatever, or Sigmar's bulwark where they can't take any damage in one turn and you're having trouble getting to them. Right. Um, I think this is an interesting card. All right. It's, I mean, it's I one could... of the it's one of the better deal one damage cards. Uh, sure. Spell cards. Sure. But you also run the risk of running into like a Magor deck, in which case I'm never going to be standing on an objective. Well, and it's a dead card. You might. I might accidentally. Yeah, you might accidentally stand on one. All I right. Might bait you into standing if I see on one. you play it on the later game, I'll just never stand on one again. I'll just find well, different spots. Are you going to not charge just because you don't want to stand on an objective because you think I might have a card in my hand? I just think it's a very fringe case. Okay. All right. Anyway, we'll we'll, we'll see we'll see what happens when uh, when the rest of the cards. It's come an out interesting card. Right. If you want to, if, and if you're the type of person who wants to play a lot of spells, I think you yeah, definitely got to buy this pack because it's got spells. a ton of spells yeah, in it. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not like you, John. Um, as far as the um, the universal upgrades in this uh, group, it's pretty trash. Um, yep. Except for, of course, sudden growth, which is basically just deathly fortitude again. Yeah, we've seen this card rise in popularity since they've uh restricted everything yeah um i think it's pretty good especially later in the game um when everything's kind of standing where it's going to be standing um because there's a lot more movement i think in the earlier rounds than there are in the later rounds um so i will like for instance i'll throw this on you know Gartok or somebody else if i if i need to keep him alive and um you know you can put it on the dog when he's um when he's inspired, he gets two wounds and he's still moving three. Um, you know, so any, you know, it's good any on anybody who moves five, anybody who has a range attack, there's a lot more people who have range attacks now. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of good stuff. There's there. a, this. Yeah. And you, I don't, you could run both. You can run two and then it, your guys become very hard to kill. You know, they could get up to six health or five health. Take kind of sort of takes them out of one shot range. Yeah. And it just puts a lot of pressure on your opponent when that comes down. So um, just just so so now that we've kind of gone through the in- entire thing, I think that's all the cards that we wanted to deal with. Um, if so, obviously, if you're a tournament player, you're going to buy everything because you kind of have to. Um, if you're more casual, do you think you buy this? Uh, you know this this expansion. Probably not. 
Nah, I think that if you're going to play them, obviously, like if you're really if, if you really into Zinch, I think that you play them, obviously. Uh, that's that's what you did. That's what you started. <laughs> you were like, wait, you were waiting for them to come out. Um, I think that some of the universals are pretty good. Actually, I'm going to take that back. It, so the cards that it, it has, it has what armor, which you're going to need to get if you, you're going to really want that, If depending on yeah. which warband you play. The Absos Withering, Absos Withering is great if you're playing thing. any sort of warband with a with a uh, wizard. Yep. And I mean, Sunbreath I don't know, I guess that's it. Yeah, the, the, I think that if you want the are, second one, yeah. Yeah, I think that those are the most important. You know, if you're like a tournament player and you really need to be, you know, and these are, these are the types of cards that you need. Like, I think you have to get it. Um, I think if you want to play Eyes of the Nine as your faction, of course you have to get it. Um, I don't know if you get it if you're just you know playing casual, um, and, uh, and you know I, I don't think there's enough in here that you kind of have to. Yeah, and then two um, of the best, you know, or at least one of the best uh, objectives in the whole pack is restricted. Yeah, that fired up one. Yeah. I mean, if it wasn't restricted, I would say you got to get it because that that, that is, is so good. Yeah, crazy. But, um, but yeah, now yeah, now I'd say if you're a casual player, you could skip this unless you really want uh, what armor. And if you're a tournament yep. player, you got to get it anyway. Yeah, you got to have choices. All right. So there you go. That's our uh, Zinch uh, expansion pack uh, review. Um, and so now we're going to go to the last segment of our uh, podcast where we're going to do our recurring uh, segment, uh, Keys to Salvation. Um, this week, it's my turn. Um, I got one. Not, not the card. Oh, you got one? Yeah, so keep going. All right, you, do you want to go for a second? You go. I'll go? Did, well, because I I rolled the dice and I lost the roll. Yeah, you so rolled. Yeah, you making me go. Yeah, you okay, rolled total you. recall. There you go. I did. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So my keys to salvation is um, when you're when you're playing, um, especially in a tournament, play the entire game, even if you're losing. Um, I feel as though I've seen uh, people in tournaments, they start to lose focus when they don't, when they realize that they're kind of not doing that great in the game. Um, and so what ends up happening is that they, they, they will act in a way that like, maybe they're not like taking the round seriously anymore, but then they start drawing cards that like, Oh, I wish I had paid attention to what was happening earlier. And so this kind of like this frustration that some people get, um, there, there needs to be some sort of, uh, some endurance, some sort of grit when you're playing in a tournament game, because you never know what's going to happen. And it's basically, uh, you know, have a never say die attitude because you know, that one out of 10 times when you thought you were going to lose the cards fall the way they're go that, that they fall, you start rolling a lot better. And then you actually get that come from behind victory. And if, if you, if you kind of crap out and say like, ah, I lost this one. Um, that opportunity is never going to arise. So basically just like a don't give up thing. Now that's in tournaments. Um, but the, but the second half of this tip is when you're playing casual and you want to get good games in, maybe you don't do that. Maybe when you realize the game is out of hand, you just say to your, you know, your opponent just be like, Hey, I think you got this one interest of time. Let's get some more reps on, uh, uh you know, down. Can we stop this one and maybe go to the next one? Now, if your opponent says, hey, you know, I really want to play this all the way to the end. I want to see how it is. Oblige them with that. Um, play a little quicker. 
but um, make sure that you're actually giving them the experience that they wanted when they sat down across the table from you. Um, however, if you say, hey, I think you got this one, maybe we should stop. Um, can we start it over and try a new one or, you know, whatever it is? Um, and maybe they'll say, yeah, sure, no problem, because it's just a casual game. So, so, um, so in a tournament game, have the never say die attitude. Just be like, let me find a way around this. Uh, you know, difficult situation. I mean, for, for me, I do that even in casual play because I like to practice kind of wiggling out of difficult situations and seeing if I can get, um, a, you know, get more glory or maybe even win a game, even though I'm so far behind so early in a game. Right. Um, even if, even if I'm doing a casual game and another thing, and then is... of course in the, in, in the tournaments, I do it no matter what. Right. Yeah. In a tournament setting, it's it's very important that you do this and not, like let's say for example if you're in the in a tournament and you're on the first game and your opponent just goes crazy and it's it's very clear that by the second round you're totally going to lose this game you have no chance you know you still want right. to sit there and play the whole game because what will happen is you'll you'll see more of their deck yeah. which is very important and it, it's, it's 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 more important the better you get at the game and the more comfortable you are with your own warband see how they um, play it yeah you can see how they play you can see some of their end game objectives and you know maybe and if you have a good enough poker face you can maybe co convince them that even though it looks like they're doing really well that you might have something up your sleeve and they'll still play seriously because they want to yeah. get the win and they'll use they might reveal some of their tricks to you they might reveal some of their their some objectives the like for objectives example they have yeah yeah like if you, let's say you're going to lose the first game the first game out of three right you know pay attention to what they score in the third end phase and then for, for example let's say they have uh denial or contained in their in their deck right you'll know that for later in the second or third game even if it doesn't really make sense you might just run over into their territory you know on the last activation just to right. just to screw them out of getting that that card they've been holding on to you know randall gi joe said that knowledge is half the battle yeah, getting that knowledge is is very important. Oh yeah, and then and the also, other thing is when you sit down at a, at a tournament game, like you, uh, I I've been at tournaments where everybody like displays their decks, but I've also been at tournaments where nobody does that. So um, yeah, it so depends if, on the tournament. Sometimes they'll give you their their deck list. Yeah, but I mean, I I prefer it when they don't. Right, me too. But you know, I it, think it depends should, on the I think tournament. That should be part of an element of the the competition was figuring out. Okay, how are they playing this? Right, and then yeah, depending on your your level of experience with the game, you know, you might be able to look at someone's deck list and be like, you know, okay, whatever. Oh, and then when you see right. it being played in the game, then it starts clicking for you. So the, having the deck list in front of you might not even be helpful. Like if yeah, you looked so at my Zinch deck, you'd probably be like, what the hell? And then when you see the me putting upgrades on the blue horror and 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 playing these ploys you know you see how just oh, you know how powerful yeah. it is yeah anyway but that's why i say like when you're when you're playing in a tournament setting play the whole game and play the whole game seriously no matter what's going on whether you're leading or whether you're losing it doesn't matter in a casual setting it's a little different because you know you're not like playing for anything but um you know just make sure that everybody who's sitting at the table is getting the experience yeah it's polite too 
not just polite. Yeah, I, but, I'm um, I'm guilty of this, especially when playing against you. I'm not you. saying anything about uh, it. Against you, sometimes really I get a little frustrated and I want to you know I'm start not, over. Not. But Come like, on, it's, man, this is not directed. Right. At but if you're playing a game with somebody, you know, if, if you're playing a casual game like at the game store or whatever, this is part goes back to being like a good ambassador for the game. You know, if yeah, absolutely. Like if you're trying to teach a new person how to play. And they combo up, and you're like, oh, screw this. I don't feel like playing anymore. You know, you, you got me, you know, whatever. It's important to indulge them and let them, you know, get the experience of winning and beating you, you know, even if you, you got to take it on the face sometimes. They also have to learn how to, like, do endgame tactics yeah. and all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's really important. Yeah. Yep. All right. And did, did you say you had a tip, too, there, Randall? Yeah. So I have a painting tip. Ooh, painting tip. Um. This is just a little trick I do. I just painted uh, the the Crute guy from the Blackstone Fortress game. He's kind of like a, I don't know if you know what Crute are from 40k. No idea. They're they're aliens and they look. Uh, I bet they, they look kind of like more like friendly, more human looking versions of the Predator. So like Caspery. What? Nothing. Sorry, you said friendly and ghost in the same oh, okay. sentence. So I didn't say ghost. Casper. Did you say he was a ghost? No. Oh, he's an alien. He's an alien. Oh my bad. It's my like bad. they're kind of more of like they they they're sort of similar to the Predator, I guess, a little bit. They don't have the same like technology, but they have they're they're it's definitely an alien, uh, humanoid looking alien, and he has green skin. So I nice. just wanted to say, whenever you're gonna play something that has like a light green tone, um, something that you can do to really pop off the color is to highlight it with uh, yellow, which is kind of interesting. That wouldn't really come to your mind right away. But when you highlight green, if you already have like a base of green and you're on the final highlight step, if you take some yellow paint, I like to use Flash Kits Yellow from uh, Games Workshop, and I mix it with a, a healthy amount of Lamian Medium to thin it down. And just go run over the edges of your green with some of the yellow, the watered down yellow, and it's very subtle, but it will really pop off the color there of the of the green. Yeah, you know, I feel like I did that when I did when I painted my my zinch on the bases, there were like these little runes. Mm -hmm. And um and, and you did this too. Um and I I did it um I think green on the inside um and then a little bit of yellow on top. I feel like I did that. Yeah, and it doesn't um, really make it look yellow. It just makes it look more vibrant glowing, green. Yeah. yeah, more vibrant. It it it, it sets off the green color it doesn't change the color to yellow if you do it right right all right sounds good all right are we done is that it did we do it i think we did it it's another two hours yep we can't stop two hours and one minute can't stop talking right can't now. stop not stopping and you know what i think that's just a thing we do so right. so exhausting episodes but you will get your money's worth because you didn't pay for it and you're still getting a lot um Zinch. so Zinch, man. Give it a try. Um, yeah. Look at my deck list on our Facebook. Make any yep. comments. Tell me what you would change, how you've been running Zinch. I think there's a. this is a warband where there's so many different play styles. Yeah, I and think that's true. Nobody has really truly figured it out yet. So it's the it's the the new frontier. I think it's like a dark horse. Player. I think it's a dark horse uh, faction, too. I think the people are. are um I think that people are underestimating what it can do because I think that there's a lot of ways to make it very powerful. And of course we have four more expansions coming from this uh, season, which might have cards in it that kind of break the uh, break it open for this faction. Yeah. We'll have to see. So we'll see. 
All right. Anyway, but uh, so signing off, um, this is uh, Max Bernstein. And I'm Randall. And uh, we'll see everybody next time. Be sure to like us on Facebook and uh, we'll see you next episode.